0: This week's episode of Here's On Again is brought to you in part by the Mayflower. The Mayflower bringing uh, the right kind of people to the Americas since 16, whatever. Bonito, mi amigos. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to Here's What I Don't Get, from north to south, east to west, the only intercontinental podcast to tackle all of life's toughest issues. I'm your host, Tad Burton. With me today, from the great nation of Paraguay, it is Chaco. Welcome back, Chaco. <laughs>
1: Hola, me and Thanks for bringing me back, man. I almost for a second thought that we were actually going to be doing the whole show in Espanol. You you, you psyched me out there for a second. I was had uh, no. to bust out my Spanish-English dictionary and, uh, you know, try to try to up my game a bit here. <laughs> me Espanol es soy no bueno. <laughs> So you know, you know, that's perfect. You know, man, bad Spanish is one of my favorite types of Spanish. <laughs> uh, it's the only Spanish that I know. <laughs> I'm so uh,
0: saca la basura and fuego. <laughs> that's all you really need to know when you work in a restaurant.
1: <laughs> well, see, down here, I've I've got all these like Spanish cheat codes, right? So I, I know how to like you know kind of fake my way through a lot of these uh, conversations, but like Paraguayan Spanish, if you were going to like learn Spanish in any country in the world, is probably the worst place that you could possibly learn it because it's it's a bilingual country and it's not like bilingual like, you know, Spanish and English. It's Spanish and this like this other language called Guarani and um, Guarani is like a really nasal language. Like a really nasal sounding like I, there's no way I can make it work. Like you know, try trying. I try to like you know make nice with my neighbors who only speak Guarani, um, and uh, it doesn't work so well. But like there's these, it's, it's very nasal sounding and it's like uh, you know, my chapin You know, like that's <laughs> that's like that's kind of like you know how you talk about, uh, in Guarani. But the thing is, is that like there's this middle in between language that they call Chopara. And and Chopra is like not quite Spanish and it's not quite Guarani and it's not quite legible by any, any foreigner whatsoever. And uh, uh, so I remember this one time when we were um, we went to Iguazu Falls, which is like phenomenal. It's like it's it's one of the world's wonders. Uh, what was it uh, Eleanor Roosevelt when she first saw Iguazu Falls? She said, "Oh." poor Niagara. <laughs> that, was, uh, that, was, that was her reaction. It's was like, oh, poor Niagara. You know, it's, it's just such an amazing waterfall. Um, but when we went there, we were staying at this hotel and it was like the first time I ever realized I could truly speak Spanish because there were these other tourists that were there from like other countries that have like way more neutral Spanish, like Ecuador and like Colombia and uh, Chile and, and Argentina. And I turned to my wife and I'm elbowed and I'm like, I'm elbowing her. I'm like, is it just me or can I understand everything that those people are saying? She's like, she's like, yeah, this is nuts, you know. And then we came <laughs> back to Paraguay, and we couldn't understand a word again. And like, when we moved here again, during the like when the COVID was still like, you know, still in full full effect, everybody's wearing the masks, right? And and a lot of the stuff you would do, you would do over the phone, but like these morons be wearing the mask. And on the phone, and they mumble when they talk already. So it was like basically every single conversation was like, and and you know we would be like, just please just text me, just text yeah. me, just text me, and I will I'll talk to you through text. And so we got through with like WhatsApp because like down here WhatsApp is you know more more useful than any other app. Uh, unfortunately, I hate WhatsApp, but they uh, that's the one you got to use down here. Every business uses WhatsApp, and every so that's how we got too. through what's that every scammer
0: they always want to like they'll message you on instagram or facebook or something they'll be like we have this great opportunity for investing in bitcoin but to tell you more (laughs) send me your whatsapp handle and it's like oh yeah you know
1: what how about no (laughs) (laughs) well that was the thing like i have clients in canada who are like super paranoid about like all things like security wise right like it's like you know you know, make sure, you know, we sign this NDA and, and don't, don't put this, any of this information out before it's like time. Like before the press release goes out, like everything's like timed and everything's like super secure. And we use like, you know, super se- encrypted like folders to, to pass information back and forth. But then they, they bring on new clients and we're all like in a group chat on WhatsApp. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, guys, like WhatsApp has been like hacked, like at least a million times. It's it's, it's more than it's the FTX back end, you know, owned and, by and Facebook. Like, yeah, no kidding. It is. And, so, you know, like I use Signal. I know Signal's not even great anymore. Um, I got friends who want me to go over to like Telegram, and I've, I've tried going to go into Telegram, but there's this other one. I got this buddy who works in cybersecurity. And um, he was, you know, he was like, oh, Signal, WhatsApp, Telegram. He's a little crusty about it. He's like, he's like, oh, those are just total child's play, rookie stuff, rookie stuff. We got to go to Threema. And you know, I was like, what the heck is Threema? And like, so Threema is like, you don't have to put any of your information in to get an account. You know, you don't, you don't have to do any of that. And then in order for me to get your contact on, uh, on my phone to be secure, we have to like be in the same room and like scan each other's phones. phones. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then after that, we're, we're fine. It's like, I don't know how comfortable I am with that. And he's like, he's like, um, he's like, uh, uh, it's what the terrorists use. <laughs> it's what the terrorists <laughs> use. So I was like, "Well, if it's good enough for the terrorists, <laughs> then I guess it's good enough for us." Hi, and, I'm know, Osama like, Bin Laden with Al
0: Qaeda. Are you looking for a secure way to message your friends?
1: <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? Like, I mean, if you look at, you know, I was like, you know, it, the, the terrorists have it, have it, have it good in some ways. Like, so I'm living in Paraguay, and you know, like the most badass vehicle on the roads down here is the Toyota Hilux. Yeah. Right. And the Toyota Hilux, they don't have those in Canada, but they are definitely here. And those things can go over everything. And they run on like the shittiest fuel that you could possibly get. Like, you know, Paraguayan gasoline, you know, the kind of stuff that will kill any other engine. Uh, That's the uh, that's the go to vehicle here. So it's like, you know, it's like, get me my okay, fine. I'll contact you on Threema. I'll pick you up in my Helix and I'll, I'll set my, my, what is it? The Timex, the regular or Casio black watch that they mm-hmm. all used to the yeah, I'll get all three of those and I'm good to go. So yeah, <laughs> now we're on a watch list. Thanks. <laughs> well,
0: I've been on a watch list for a long, long time. I'm sure. <laughs> Ever since that rally for America. Well, uh, I have, I have some really good news. I got accepted to college again. Um, I'm awesome. now, th- I'm now three for three on applying to colleges shot. Nice
1: nice nice so is this the this is the glass blowing
0: yeah i had to get accepted as a student to the southern illinois university uh to be able to continue taking these classes so i got accepted and i finally enrolled today they actually opened up space in the class so
1: that i could take the class i impressed the teachers that much do you cross state lines to go and blow glass i do southern oh wow you you bring your weapon with you every time you do it too
0: Of course not. Not into Illinois where you can't carry a gun anywhere. I, I absolutely wouldn't take my gun to Illinois where I'm in far greater risk of being shot than in uh, St. Louis <laughs> where I can, yes, where that's I can, saying something in St. <laughs> in St. Louis where I can constitutionally carry uh, versus Illinois where you have to like go through this whole stupid process. And so for some reason, I know that this is kind of wild. Uh, East St. Louis just on the other side of the river has like, is one of the most crime ridden per capita areas in the United States. And it's, it's somewhat rural, but then you, oh, you look at St. St. Louis and Missouri where you have constitutional carry and it, it is, it is, there's a lot of crime cause it's a city, but for some reason that's a lot lower than East St. Louis. I, I'm not like a scientist, but I kind of, I'm looking at these parallels and thinking maybe, maybe something's fucked up in one side and not fucked up in the other. But I would and never, I would never, never you carry. You would never my, imply any of yeah.
1: the. Yeah, it's not demographically uh, different in any way. I mean, it's one state, right? So yeah, yeah, it's just <laughs> a river, and I, I of it's course, would not,
0: would not, would uh, not smuggle weapons across state lines. That would be wrong. Um, yes, and and I, I'm definitely not a person who would break the law under any circumstances. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, back in Canada. Um, so we have gun control up there and it got worse after I left. Cause like they're, they're basically, just like getting rid of all handguns, yeah. right? Like, you, you know, and so we had, um, what's called a PAL. And I think, it, I think it stands for like purchase, personal
0: arms license. Personal
1: ar- yeah. Personal arms license. And, and then you have an RPAL, which was the restricted PAL, you know? And I remember when I was like looking at them, it was like, to get the PALs, like you got to go for two days in a row. But like, if you go for the PAL, it's like one day in a row. And when I go out shooting with like my, my, my brother and my buddies and stuff, like generally speaking, we'd never, because you can't bring handguns out. Like the handguns are practically like in your home or at the, at the shooting range. And that's Mm -hmm. it. You can't, you can't have them in your car. Like if you are going to go from point A to point B, just like, let's say you're moving, you have to like contact the RCMP ahead of time to say, I am, (laughs) I am moving. I'm going from this place to that place. And I I'm going to take this long during this window of time.
2: we are taking this route.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, like, it's just ridiculous. So when I looked at that, I was like, well, look, like, There was a big thing over gun registries, right? Because, like, what ends up happening is if there's, like, you know, a natural disaster or something, suddenly, all of a sudden, the RCMP are, like, right there at the doorstep to make sure they get all those guns safely out of the house. And, you know, sometimes, you know, they allegedly get planted (laughs) at, like, border towns. But anyways, like, the – so I didn't have my my pal yet, and COVID hit. So I remember I was trying to, like, find, like – an instructor that was still like going like this was like during like lockdown arama you know, <laughs> like where nothing was happening. And I found one, I had to drive two hours to like this small town and it was in this guy's like house. And he was like this former instructor, former RCMP guy. And it was like eight of us in there, but we had to wear the mask the entire day. Now I have so much sympathy for all the people that had to like work full days, full shifts, full, like full work days with the ha- with that mask on. I couldn't cut it. <laughs> I couldn't cut it. I've, I've broken my nose twice. And so I have like, you know, some breathing issues through my nose. So it's like all through my mouth. And like with the mask, it just is, it's the worst. It's just the worst. So that was like my first time in a whole day with the mask on. The only other time I had the mask on for a whole day was flying to Paraguay. Right? Yeah. Cause like every time we were going on the plane, like, and like most of the planes were cool, but like, you know, on the last leg, they were, you know, the stewardesses were like, you know, getting mad if it was like under your nose a bit, or if you like, they wanted you to put it up between bites of your food. And I was like, <laughs> No, nah, that's not happening. That's just not going to happen. But like, I remember getting that pal and, uh, I was so happy about it. I'm, um, I, you know, I immediately celebrated by buying an SKS and, uh, um, and then after that, I got, a, a uh, 12 gauge Winchester unfortunately I couldn't bring any of them with me so I ended up having I had them for basically like about well, like eight months and then I sold them and then uh, came down here and it was a totally different process yes they have gun licenses here but unfortunately you have to reapply for a gun license for each gun Ugh. so like every gun you get has to go through this like you have to wait for this long period of time so now all I have is I I have a um another 12 gauge uh but I it's like a, a brand let's got it's like a, a brand I'd never heard of before they're from Brazil called Boito and it's one of those ones where you look it up and and I always love when you look up something you haven't heard of before oh we got cat cam going on yep. yeah, every time I, when you look up something you never heard of before and they and you see the like you know the link that says like Blank thing, the best that you have never heard of. <laughs> and yeah. that's the one that I got. The same thing as like what my with my truck. So I have a Mahindra, which is like made in India. And it's it's such a ugly, amazing, badass truck. And um And again, when I looked it up, it was like all these like videos of like Aussies, like and South Africa, guys like talking, talking up this truck, like it's the greatest thing ever because they're like super cheap and they run forever and they run on the crappy gas and you can go on all types of roads. Like, I mean, it's not a comfy ride, but you know, it'll get you from point A to point B without you having to call the RCMP and tell them you got a handgun in the leg. So anyways, so when do you start these classes up officially then?
0: January. It's a spring semester thing. But uh yeah, anyway. Well, uh, the only other thing I want to talk about is um today I'm drinking some street whiskey. Street whiskey? Yeah, I found a <laughs> I was walking to my car today to leave work and it was like it wasn't a bad day, but it, it was it was kind of there was a lot of going a lot going on. And I looked down on the ground and what is laying there, but one of those like slightly bigger than an airplane bottle of Glenn Morangi Lasanta 12 year sherry cask aged uh, whiskey and if there's like I love whiskey everybody's listening to this show for more than 10 minutes knows that but sherry cask finished scotch is like primo I love yeah. sherry ca- cask so I found this in the street and I was like well I'm fucking drinking this so this is my nice. street whiskey yeah
1: nice and it smelled right like it, wasn't, it was nothing yeah. wrong with
0: it, it the, the bottle wasn't awesome. l- the, the the cap had been kind of smashed so if you like flipped it over and flipped it back it would dribble out a little bit okay other than that it was uh it was pretty okay shape so
1: you know what i think for one of our future episodes i'm gonna pull the old like the best whiskey you've never heard of uh (laughs) you know i'll I'll see what i can find around these parts and if there's anything that uh you know doesn't get sold up there uh, at least i'll impress you with the label (laughs) because they have some crazy names for things down here but uh Yeah, I'm not drinking anything other than the water tonight, uh, unfortunately. Uh, See, the problem with Sunday, like on Sunday, uh, we're recording this on Monday, uh, but uh, on, on Sunday, I drive two hours to get to Mass. And then we drive two hours back after we've kind of spent the day in the Capitol for a bit. And it throws everything off because we gotta get up super early. We drive, we don't eat before mass. So then we go to get 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 all the way, get to mass. Then afterwards there's like a social, and the social always has like cheese bun things and like sweets and like nothing, nothing of like with proper fiber or 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 like no vegetables, no, no fruits or anything like that. So then you know, you, you get out of there, you go do you know, your round of like uh, you know, I can usually pick up packages and stuff like that while we're there, and then we got to like you know go grab some sort of lunch on the way back, and everything's like frantic food. So it's like every Sunday I'm basically like you know doing the whole like you know like when you're going through like airports and like everything's closed, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. <laughs> so so no no uh, other all I've got is the uh, you know Chaco Springs water uh, that comes from our uh, our natural aquifer. Uh, like, we actually we got seven. On my property alone, I got blessed with seven uh, natural um, uh, wells that I didn't have to drill or anything. And they just come straight up out of the ground. And you can. On one of these days, I'll send you a video of it because it's like you can actually just see our water coming out. And that's that's what we just basically grab right Plug from that. Yeah, it's perfect. And the um, when we were listening to, I was listening to the uh, episode with you and Buck. You were talking about he was talking about water pressure. Man, I feel that because <laughs> the only problem I have is when we don't have power, I don't have water, right? Because mm. like, that's that's how I get my water out. So, I mean, I I have a water tank that you know we we have about a thousand. Mm. Yeah, I think we have about a thousand liters in our tank. And that's fine and all, but like, you know, it's not the best pressure. It's not. And and we have to get really sparing with it because a thousand liters will go on you really quickly. Un- unfortunately, it's just like, you know, one kid forgets and has like a shower and you're like, ah, oh, now we don't have water for like three days <laughs> until the power, power comes back on. But at least this time around, because like the last time we tried to record together, I, I have power and yeah. I also have uh internet like real internet this time so we can see each other and because like that was that was the problem the last time when we were trying to record the first take um i started like we you started the show and you gave me the you know like you did the intro and then i started talking and then and i was i was throwing stuff at you and then it it, you couldn't hear me or you it was like a delay so it looked like you were just like no selling me like just just the entire time yeah and I was like did I did I offend him and he's like this is his way of telling me like no this is not going to I was like I didn't even remember what I said <laughs> this time it works and it's yeah. uh, and last time around my sister was like texting me she was like I'm we're watching I'm, we're watching and I had to tell her after I'm like yeah, we yeah. Just, it, it didn't work didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so so everybody's had a chance to do a do get this month
0: Yes, because it is it is No Hate November. By Spy no producer Request, November. we did the whole month of November. Only do-gets. And uh, this is the last official episode of No Hate November. So, uh, Joel, what is your do-get this month? Here's what I do-get. Hays Code movies.
1: Um, are you familiar with the Hays Code? Uh, it sounds familiar, but refresh my memory. Okay, so during the period of well technically like it's kind of got underway in 1934 but it really got underway um about 1938 to 1964 but if you if you really are watching carefully it kind of it was kind of really going downhill in the in the 50s but what the Hayes code era was or what they call the motion picture code was a response to the smut that was coming out in the twenties and thirties. And I'm like, you know, like people don't know this, but there was a lot of like total degenerate silent films (laughs) that were coming out of Hollywood at the time. Like, I mean, you know, uh, it's, it was kind of like, if you think about like the Weimar Republic, you know, like, uh, uh, people always think about like, you know, Nazi Germany, there the the book burnings and all this kind of stuff. It's like, well, if you look at what they were burning, it wasn't they were just like it, it wasn't just like they were really burning. You know, like just 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 anything, right? They were really burning some pretty let let's just say your kids didn't need to see what they were burning, right? And that was in the schools. So the the Hays code was done in response because well, you and I. Um, on Back Channels today, we were having a little bit of a disagreement about whether or not boycotts take or boycotts work. And and I I hear what you're saying. What you were saying is is like, you know, people boycott things and then like, you know, after a little while they just forget and they just go back or, you know, they don't care. People don't really stick to these things, right? But there was a time where they did. There was a time where boycotts worked. And as myself, as a, a good catholic boy that i am <laughs> the the Hayes code was in response to what was uh the national it was it was a it was a it was a, it was a oh, what was it the defense league or something it was a catholic group of people who were like these movies are horrible <laughs> like these are really doing a number on our kids and they're doing a number on our society and like we're just not gonna go to them anymore so instead of like you know. Doing something ridiculous, like lobbying like like what we would do in Canada, like lobbying the government to put a law in. Hollywood was like, "Oh no, like we can't we can't lose all of all the Catholics. You know? <laughs> like, we can't lose the Catholics from all these things. We need to self-govern ourselves. So the Hayes Code put into place a set of kind of, I'm gonna say loose rules, but they were rules. That everybody had to go by in order to get a seal that would, you know, and the seal would go up before every movie, and it was kind of the precursor to like the rating system that we have now. But like, um, it, I mean, again, this system would not work today.
0: I I I disagree. I think this system is in effect today.
1: Okay. Okay. I think
0: I think this system still exists today. Um, except now instead of. Like l- legislating, you know.
1: Well, I see where you're going. And and,
0: neg- and and cursing. It to go the other way. Now it's like you have to have um, A gay person you have to have A trans person you have to have A person of color in your main lead uh, Your movie has to preach Communist and and socialist Values your yes. movie has to Have a message that's anti-men Specifically anti-white men Your movie mm-hmm. cannot offend anything That has to do with Judaism and if it brings Up Judaism it must then it has also be, the be about how the holocaust is bad Like exactly this code still exists It's just been it's, it's just been now complete opposite and it's not they're not putting a seal on the front of the movie but like look at what hollywood is is churning out these days like there's definitely a definition of what is acceptable parameters of film because they think that there is a segment of the audience that will that will only see these types of movies and that's why movies are terrible
1: well and that's the thing like okay so so going back to what you were saying like i mean for example like a certain character comes on screen and they have to be portrayed in a certain light Right. Like they have to be, but in the Hayes code, for example, okay. So like some of the, some of the examples of the Hayes code, like breaking the law and getting away with it. Okay. So like, I mean, a lot of the tropes of like the good guys always win. And like, you know, you know, the good, the, the, the sheriff always gets his man and all this kind of stuff that comes from the Hayes code. So like, basically.
0: This was, this was also this, the Hayes code. That was like Marlon Brando wearing an A shirt. In um is it street streetcar, streetcar named, named, desire? named desire. That was that was like, oh my God, he's not wearing long sleeves. Yeah, that, yeah. That was that and, era.
1: Well, and that was okay. So this is this is the thing. I'm not like super duper draconian. I'm not like sitting there and going, like, you know, oh, that skirt's a little too high over the knee, Missy. You know what I love about the Haze Code movies is the creativity that spawned from it. Now, <clears throat> now, for example. You couldn't portray adultery, right? Or you, and if you did, you absolutely could not portray it in a good light. And so, if you look at one of the greatest movies of all time, Casablanca. Okay, I love Casablanca. Casablanca is a fantastic, almost near perfect movie. And if 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 you didn't have the Hayes Code, Rick and Elsa end up back together again. Right, and then mm-hmm. it's a complete change of the of the one of the greatest film endings of all time, right? So if you if you if you don't have the haze code in, right, then Rick and Elsa get together again and like chow to the other guy and like Ugh. and they would just be mentioning about how they were like you know like they were fucking the whole time when they're in Paris when they're in. Uh, we'll, we'll always have you know like well, th- th- their whole history was done in nuance. That's what I love about the haze code. The haze code also had what we had, um, we had what was called screwball comedies, right? So screwball comedies were generally like, you know, it was so much innuendo, but done so cleverly that like you could watch it with your kids and they won't pick up on it. And it won't be even in that like direct over the, like that ham-fisted, ha, 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 we're going to make the adults laugh Pixar sort of way. Like these are things that we're like, like just like facial expressions and like just little like tiny things that they would do to kind of send this message across. And, and, and the thing is, is that when you watch these things, it was, it was a way to kind of keep society from completely going down the degenerate road that we're on right now. And it did the trick for a good chunk of time. Now, as it was going away, the the They would find the holes, the loopholes to get in there as much as they could. And so, like, for example, there's certain movies that that were released during the the Hayes Code but did not get the stamp of approval, but still ended up becoming huge hits. So for the the best example of that would be Some Like It Hot, uh, starring uh, Marilyn Monroe, uh, Jack Lemon, and uh, Tony Curtis, I think. Um, it's actually a movie I haven't seen, but, uh, I know of it, you know, and I know the kind of the, the kind of the premise behind it. And it was a huge, it was a huge hit, but like that, you know, in it, the, the, the two main characters I believe are like on the run and they have to dress in drag to get away, you know? So like, you know, they had to do the thing that Dave Chappelle would not do, you know, he would not put on the dress. Uh, um, so, but this was like, you know, a big deal at the time and Marilyn Monroe, see Marilyn Monroe was mostly popular because of the fact of these innuendos in these movies. A lot of these things were like, it was just right on the cusp, but not quite there. So like you have to kind of th- think about the short period of time between when, once the Hayes code fell and then you got like deep throat and you got behind the you know behind the green door, so but like flat out porno, you mm-hmm. know in in the in the movie theaters, and it's funny because you bring up about <clears throat> well you brought up about the in in the last episode when you were talking about the patient, and you're talking about the precursors. If you're going to mention <laughs> a certain tribe of people, you have to do it with this certain thing, um, this certain thing mentioned. So the movie that broke the haze code. Was a movie by the name of The Pawnbroker. Are you familiar with this movie? Nope. Nope. Because it was completely and totally forgettable. Um, and the pawnbroker being <clears throat> completely and totally anti-Catholic, uh, and uh a it was based on a they were trying to push the envelope as much as possible. And one of the things in the Hays Code was you couldn't show boobs. Couldn't show boobs, couldn't show, couldn't show a nipple, couldn't show boobs. It was like Instagram. And um the so basically like Joel, like, I uh
0: I got an Instagram message earlier this week. One of my favorite things is fucking with scammers, and so I got this I this. this message on Instagram that was like about something. And my my favorite thing is to these these scammers is to say show tits, <laughs> and this person sent me a picture of their butthole, and I was just like, oh, what no. the hell? That's not what I asked for. <laughs> way over the top.
1: So I never saw the patient, which you just described in the last episode, but um, I wouldn't recommend, I can imagine it's the same thing. It's the same sort of thing. So, so the pawnbroker comes out and they, they're like, we gotta, we gotta get boobs in movies. We gotta, we gotta get, we gotta, we gotta somehow, we gotta get some boobs in the movies. We gotta get some, we gotta get some boobs in movies, but how are we going to get the boobs in movies? Well, it needs to be an important movie. It needs to be a real important movie. You know, it can't just be, can't just be random boobies. It's gotta be, it's gotta be a real important movie. So, so, you know, what more important can we get than to have uh, a Holocaust movie with boobies? Very tasteful. Yes. Yes. So, so in it, I mean, you know, it's like this, 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 This pawnbroker, you know, you know, it's this this pawnbroker who who just happens to be a Jewish gentleman. You know, he's just trying to he's trying to run his business. He's just but he's getting hassled all the time by these these Latino Catholic gangs, you know, that always have like a Mary statue or a crucifix in the background. And they're just always giving him a hard time, you know. And then there's this one girl that is, uh, you know, trying to uh, seduce him. This black lady, this black, this black lady's trying to seduce him, which again was against A the black German. Card. You you you, you <laughs> no 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 this is set in the United States. This is after the war. Oh, this, okay. is, this isn't even during the Holocaust. It's just this this prom broker. You know, he's he's living in the days after the after the the the, the horrors of World War II. And this 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 black lady comes in and tries to seduce him and she shows him she shows him her tits and that that triggers him you know because that that triggers a a thought back in his head to when he he could see through a door and he could see what those those nasty germans were doing to his wife and they ripped off her shirt and he saw her tits too so he saw black tits and then he saw his Jewish wife's tits. Bang, 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 bang. And that was, you know, cut back and forth to, to show that he's, he's having a real bad flashback because he's, he hasn't seen tits since, 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 since the war. <laughs> and that broke the code. <laughs> they were like, they're like, you know, in New York, they're like, we're going to allow him to show it anyway. Of course, of course, because New York and they're like, ah, oh, you know, and the rest, they're like, this is an important movie. We have to show this movie. And so, uh, all of a sudden across the country, they're like, well, we can't say no to this Holocaust movie with tits in it. So I guess we're just going to have to throw all of our values away and never, ever police them again. And that's how we got rid of the the Hayes Code. And here's this thing. You don't like you hate Westerns. And I almost brought in Westerns as like my do get because mm-hmm. I fucking love Westerns. Love them but I only love them from the Hayes code era. I really love them from the Hayes code era after the Hayes code era is, and you can see it, man. You can just see the way they're just starting to, starting to pick away at it. And suddenly all of a sudden, like you go from like the guy who's got virtues and who's like, actually wants to like, you know, make the world a better place, but he's trying to, you know, maybe recover from his repent for his, you know, maybe gunslinging days past, or, you know, there's always some sort of a message in there that's going in there. That's all gone by the end of the Hayes Code. And they went full swing the other way. Now it's all about the dirtiest bastard gunslingers. They're all like, you know, sleeping with some other guy's wife. And then, you know, that's where you see them guy like jumping out the window and like, is like, you know, long johns and stuff like all of that. Just like bam immediately was like the this complete narrative shift and almost all the movies are now like the misunderstood bad guy you know the mis the misunderstood bad guy who has no morals whatsoever but you know he has a reason to not have morals because the world's a mean and bad place and and you know and 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 then you get all these like you start to get these flips all the time and like one of the things that i love About again about about the Western is yes, there's gun violence, yes, there's there's badassery. But in the in the old days, when they get shot, it's not like blood and gore everywhere. And then Sam Peckinpah comes onto the scene. And you get things like the wild bunch, and you get you get you get the you know, the dirty dozen, you know, you know these like these movies that come through. The Dirty Dozen's not Western, but you know, but it, you, you get these like these slow motion sh- blood squibs, and all of a sudden now the movie is like it's like half an hour longer because of all the slow mo shooting that happens, and the morals are all gone. It's all about like let's get this one big heist and they get away with it, and I mean I get it if if that's something for somebody, but th- what I'm not saying I'm not saying bring it back heart you know into it. Unfortunately. You know, now we don't have a choice for any movies that do fall under that category. I mean, you guys were kind of teasing on like Christian movies or Christian shows uh, on one of the other uh, episodes recently, and it's and it's sad because most of them do suck. Uh, yeah. most of them are terrible. Uh, there are some good ones. Uh, do one you, do you know f-
0: why? Do you know why I think they're terrible? Um, no. Give me your reasoning. I, they're terrible because they try and make a modern movie with this like old wholesome stu- content as, as, as right. opposed to like just making something that's, that's supposed to be the one thing.
1: Well, and, and the thing is, is that <clears throat> like a lot of times they're written by like either preachers or people who have been listening to preachers and preachers are used to like fitting a like, okay. Cause I'm, I'm Catholic, but like, I mean, for example, like Buck, I remember when I was talking to Buck about like what happens at one of your worship services on the weekend? Like, what, what do you guys even do? You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't consecrate a host. You don't, you you know, like ours has a very set structure. Every single mass is like a very set structure until you get to what's called the homily. And that's where the priest gives his like sermon or, you know, based on what the gospel reading was for that day. But like, in, in Buck's case, like he was saying, like, you know, the, 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 the um, pastor will have something prepared and they'll do like a tithe speech before, and then they do their kind of their lesson. And then sometimes those lessons will go hours on end. He's saying, you know, sometimes they get in a groove and they go hours on end.
0: Now, ain't nobody I mean, got time for that. We got to
2: get no. to lunch,
1: <laughs> but like a homily I'm used to is like, you know, mostly it was like 15 minutes. Yeah, they're about fifteen minutes. Uh, where we go, the guy does it. Uh, our priest does it in English, and then he does it in Spanish. So it's like he has to kind of cut it in half. Um, I think he, you know, it ends up being like twenty minutes. He does ten and ten or something, but it's no biggie. I, I like it. I can understand them both. But um, what I'm thinking is, is that you've got these preachers that are used to having like an unlimited amount of attention and time based on like reading the room that they can kind of go into it without like a time limit. Whereas like a, like a movie with like set scenes and dialogue and exposition and like, you know, like three acts and all this kind of stuff like that. Like, I don't know if the people that are writing these things have the experience to, um, to make it work, uh, although, like for example, like there are exceptions to the rule. Like there are some good movies that have that as a background. Sorry, my air conditioning just kicked on. There are some movies that, like, so this is movie that we really love called For Greater Glory, and it's um <clears throat> it's set in the late eighteen hundreds in Mexico. Uh, back when the like the communists were taking over in Mexico, and this is something like we don't know about as much because like it's not like we study Mexican uh, history that much, but like they had a period of time where like the communists in Mexico legit shut down all the churches and started murdering priests, and that's kind of a big deal. And um, so this movie takes place during that period of time, and it's like the Cristeros, so like the Viva Cristo Rey people, you know, and they were fighting back, and so it's like. And this, this moral struggle of like, of like, you know, how much should we fight back or do we resort to violence or is that not okay? Or, you know, like, and what, what is, ex- what is acceptable to to fight for Christ or for not for Christ? It, it's a really good movie. And it's, um I think it's Anthony Garcia is the, is the lead in it. And it's, and it's just a really, it's just like, it's one of those ones where you wouldn't know it was made outside of Hollywood and, not, and I'm saying that in the right way, not in the, you know, but, like, it doesn't feel ham-fisted. It doesn't feel off-kilter. Um, we, uh, in our household, like, um, one of the things that I really do like is, like, <laughs> I, and again, you're going to bristle at this, but, like, family-friendly, done Right. So like family friendly entertainment done right. So again, I can go back to this Hayes Code era. I can pick out any of the comedies that are done from there, and we all laugh at them together as a family because they're they're funny. Like they're actually like well written. They actually had like really good screenwriters in a lot of these times. We watched this one. Uh, we watched this one comedy group that originally started out of BYU. Uh, I, I, like. Um, from, it was through this thing called BYU TV And it was it's called Studio C And some of their skits are phenomenal Like so good And they actually ended up going on uh, The original cast members went off Away from BYU and did their own thing So they do like JK Studios And their whole thing is like Look we just want to make it like actually funny And family friendly And it's like really well done And they have this show called Freelancers Which like makes us laugh our asses off It's great Um I don't know if they're still making. I think they made two seasons. I hope they do more. But like it goes back to like what I was saying about the haze code thing is I love when people have creative constraints and thrive within them. Okay. So um in the haze codes, like you can't like for example, uh, you couldn't have an on-screen kiss that lasted more than three seconds. So how did they get around that? They would uh, kiss for three seconds and then turn away and then kiss again and do that. They would like, there would be ways to get around it, but it, they would work in some comedy or something would come up. And that was just their way of going about it. And like you said about the Marlon Brando shirt thing, it, it, like we laugh at some of these like Westerns, like it's again, you didn't want to have these shows, these movies that were too, like too risque, but like, you know, or, or like a lot of the costumes of a Western, like the women wearing a dress it's not exactly the most flattering you know, dress the prairie dress or something. So what they'll do is like the occasional time you'll be watching a movie and like what'll happen? Like a horse will charge through, or or something that'll where a woman will be walking in front of like a water trough and then she falls into the water trough. She comes back out and all of her dress is super clinging to her body and you're like, oh, I see what you guys did. That's how you got past the code on this one. And um, like uh, for example, with uh, stand up comedy, right? Um, I love good clean stand-up comedy when it's done right. Like, like, um, I used to like really, really like Bob new art stuff. Uh, some of the times when like Norm MacDonald's been stru- super clean, I know some people don't like Jim Gaffigan, like the, the person, but I appreciate like a guy who's built an entire career filled arenas with like not swearing once. Yeah. And, 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 and like, I know you have your feelings about weird Al But like, I respect the heck out of the guy for doing an entire career without getting super political and without, without cussing, without getting super, um, not uh, getting political
0: on his albums,
1: not on his albums, but you know what I'm saying? But what I'm seeing is I can play those with my kids. We can laugh because it's like neutral, funny, talented, like it's, there's, there's. Um, my, fa- one of my favorite comedians is, uh, Brian Regan. Have you ever heard yeah. of Brian Regan? No, Brian Regan is
0: one of my favorite comedian.
1: He's amazing. He's amazing. The guy never swears. Yeah. He never swears. And it, and it's like the fact that I can put this on, like, um, it's hard to explain, but like, so my, my son, like Chaco Jr. is now 10 and, and 10 is, is, is such a fun, cool age to be around because like there, there's all types of questions and there's all types of, uh, you know, he's discovering the world in certain ways. And so it's so great when I can put on, like I can put on Brian Regan, or I can sometimes put on even like Stephen Wright or, or somebody that like will have some really good comedy bits that I don't have to like explain too much. Cause like he's, I don't have to rush him through certain things to explain the, the concepts that are going on. And so that's what I really love about um, the concept of the, the Hayes code area era is that it forced the creatives to work within bounds. And I think that it helped actually raise their product to a higher level. I don't know if that would happen today, but it really was cool. And it's not the same as like, like, Remember when like you'd see those movies like R-rated movies when they get put on like TBS. You know, like uh, when when TBS would show a movie and, Yeah, and, like
0: uh in they t- they turn Hippikaay motherfucker into Hippikaay Mr. Falcon when it's on TV.
1: Exactly. Or like the Big Lebowski <clears throat> was like uh, uh This is what happens when, when you
0: find a stranger when find in the Alps. You find a
1: stranger in the Alps. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So like I mean we can chuckle about that, but like I love the f- I love the fact that there are people out there that can get that point across without swearing without going into like complete risqué mode and and you don't feel like like they do it in such a way that you don't even feel like you're missing out on anything it doesn't see it doesn't seem like like a, for example uh the 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 movie uh a christmas story right so you know the one that get again going back to tbs something that plays over and over and over yeah. again but like in a Christmas story, he he does the bit where uh, he ended up knocking the uh, lug nuts uh, out of the lug nuts catch. out of his dad. And yeah, exactly. And he's like, "Oh fudge!" And then like it, and he's like, "But I didn't say fudge!" And like when I was a kid, like I didn't quite know until like it got explained to me. But it's done in such a tasteful manner that like uh, it works and it works that I could watch that with my 10 year old kid. And I'm like, he'll be like, he'd be like I would, you
0: know, I would encourage you not to though. Cause it's not a good movie. Oh, it's like it's four okay. and a half hours long. It's about nothing.
1: Ah, I and, like now it. they're, and now they're making a sequel for
0: absolutely no reason.
1: Okay. We, we don't need to see that one. Nobody needs it, but it's in terms of Christmas comedies, I don't put it in the top five. But Uh, there uh, is
0: no top five of Christmas comedies.
1: Yeah, there's probably a top
0: five. No, all Christmas comedies are tied in for last place of all movies ever.
1: You don't like Christmas Vacation? Uh, Never seen it. Chevy Chase.
0: Chevy Chase is a miserable human being.
1: Yeah, but he's a funny man.
0: No, he's not. (laughs) No, he's no. He's he's,
1: he's been in. He just has a
0: jackass face. The best thing he ever did is the music video for Call Me Al. I hate Chevy Chase with every fiber of my being.
1: So you, you didn't like him on Community? You didn't like... Uh, Community
0: got I, so much better when he left. I disagree. For, that, for like that one, was that one season and then...
1: Yeah, I don't uh, know. Uh, Chevy Chase, uh, I don't... I See, I think there's something about it here, though. Um,
0: something about that, his face is just punchable.
1: But, but see, the funny thing you say that is that there's something about his face that reminds me of one of my uncles who I appreciate. And I like this uncle and he's from that same vintage. So like, it was funny because at that same time I had uncles who reminded me of Chevy chase and I have uncles that reminded me of Bill Murray. Right. And, and I also had an uncle who reminded, well, not an uncle, but one of my dad's friends who reminded me of uh, Dan Aykroyd. So like, I don't know, maybe it's just like a A generational thing. It's a nostalgia thing or a generational thing. Like, yeah, but like, no, Chevy uh, Nash, National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation, though Chevy Chase is the like the lead, that's a that's a that's a Randy Quaid movie, right? Like that's, that's Randy Quaid's Randy based.
0: Randy Quaid yeah. saved us from aliens in nineteen ninety six, so I, you know he deserves <laughs> nothing but respect.
1: Well, and he also is uh, he he moved to Vancouver because he had like what was it Star Whackers were coming after him. He was, yeah, he, he, was, he grew he his lost beard his out. Mind. And.
0: I, so I, I understand your point of view and and I, you know I'm I support like I like Brian Regan too and I like him for the same reason. I liked him because I could put a Brian Regan album on I could listen to it with my sister. I didn't have to worry about her asking uncomfortable questions about what he's talking about you know I, I we went and saw him live in concert and we oh, drove two awesome. hours to do it it was it was great it was I mean yeah. it's one of my favorite memories with my sister of all time. I'll always remember that. Uh, but I, I don't agree. I fundamentally disagree with someone telling me what kind of content I should be allowed, should be and should not be allowed. And so while it's vol Hollywood voluntarily said like, Oh yeah, we're not going to allow people to curse and we're not going to show nudity. Um, it, we are also not allowed to choose to see that thing on an individual mm-hmm. level. And so if, it's the it's the the will of the few dictating the content of the many, which is the same problem we have now, that right. we're kowtowing to this small group. I'm I I make make a show that talks about how the Holocaust was terrible and we need to respect it. Make a show that is basically pornography. Make a show that is like completely wholesome and family friendly. But let me. But they don't choose. To don't. watch one thing or another, and let everyone else choose to make those choices. When people yeah. offload their responsibility of parenting to an outside group, I think that is what damages society. That is why we are where we are no. because in, because people have just like they've just been like we we need schools to do this thing, we need the government to handle this thing. We you're need talking to a guy to though. These
1: things. You're talking to a guy who 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 literally moved his family away to get away from like the societal creep that is happening. Um
0: yes that, that is and, happening over oh, there.
1: And, and, and while, he homeschools his
0: kids. And I'm and, I'm completely and, abnormal. Like I am the one percent of lunatics. Uh I will say you are like you're a far greater lunatic than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that no, but- with nothing but like love and respect
1: what i'm trying to say but is we're is not that,
0: we're not normal people that's why right. I, like the discussion we had today about do boycott stick like yes you can keep your boycott and i can keep my boycott because we right. both have very very strong wills mm-hmm. but we are the top 1% of people with will Like everyone around us, this is why we ended up where we did in the scamdemic, because while you and I are happy to make our own decisions and and take the risk of not wearing a mask, everyone else needed, like, 80% of people needed those decisions made for themselves. that's
1: what I'm saying. Unfortunately, like, for that reason alone, you can't, because, like, this is the thing, like, people offload these things. Okay, for example... Um, one thing that I hate, I hate, like, I I mean, I mean, capital H hate. Nakers. Is blasphemous, like casual blasphemy in shows in, 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 and when we're watching these shows, like we used to really like, it's a, it's always sunny in, in Philadelphia. Right. And my wife and I went back to go and watch it. We're like, man, like they drop GDs and they say, our Lord's name in vain all the time, all the time, all the time. And, and the thing is, is that it's like, um, so there's, there's this funny thing. Okay. So like going back to like limits or no limits. Okay. So if you're, you're on the side of no limits, right? Like no limits to, to content production. Yes. Okay. You have not one limit whatsoever on content production.
0: I, there are, there's content that I don't want to consume, but okay, I don't cool. feel that I have the right to dictate the, uh, that another person not consume it because it's, as soon child as porn. you
1: child porn, child porn causes harm. Yes. And I believe that like promoting divorce, promoting adultery, promoting all those things also causes harm.
0: But it's, and it, it's a, it's a less direct
1: harm. I like, don't believe that's true. I I think that you're, you're, you're so you're thoroughly, like we saw the divorce rate skyrocket, skyrocket in the 70s. And like, but if you look at once the Hays Code era ended, that's when you got movies like Divorce Inc. And you got all these movies that are just constantly making it seem like it's no big deal at all. And there are people on this planet, lots of people on this planet who are still struggling with the fact that their parents broke up and it's tough and it's it's not it's, it's really damaging to society as a whole now i'm not saying but, physically but damaging as in the is, cp
0: is the better benefit the parents staying married and hating one yes. another because no, i think about my my parents relationship right. and i i cannot imagine growing up in that household
1: but th- th- think about this th- think about it this way um for example like what, okay, so our generation, even your generation, my generation, your generation. Okay, look at what was a lot of the coming of age movies. Like, okay, so for my for my generation, a lot of the coming of age movies were the lose your virginity movies, right? Yeah. So so it was like you, you had uh, Fast American Times pie, High. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. What is Fast Times at Ridgemont High telling you? It's telling kids go have sex in school, and if you get pregnant, have an abortion, right? Like. And that was an extremely popular movie. Why? Because it's got a bunch of stars in it. It's got a great soundtrack. And, and, and Phoebe and,
0: Cates shows her breasts.
1: And Phoebe Cates shows her breasts. And and the thing is, is that that movie is like cemented in a lot of people's heads. And, we're, and, and this weird thing that happens is like when I was going back to like saying the Lord's name in vain and stuff, there are swears. There are swear words that somehow became less... Uh-oh. Potent to say on on television so on television you certainly can't say shit and you certainly can't say fuck but you can say jesus you you can do that with no problem at all right and it's like
0: i think that's because we have now a cultural attack on christianity
1: not which, but who from? And the thing is, is that the people like you don't have you. you well, I think we all know who
0: it's from. It's from some of those early life folks. Uh, <laughs> they the don't. They is, don't really care for the people splitting from the tribe. Let's
1: put it that well. Way. And th- this is the thing: is that is that it's okay to say his name in vain, but the second you say anything about Muhammad or something like uh oh, you can't you can't do that. Are we, are we still on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> or are we still on patreon? Um, uh, but the the, the the what my point is is that
0: like- so like, we don't we don't disagree on on whether or not the content's good. What we disagree on is the choice of the individual versus the choice of the collective. Right, and okay. I err more on the side of the of the individual because I want to personally experience the most freedom possible.
1: But you just said that everybody else is a fucking moron. I I did. Everybody else is completely impressionable. So what I'm saying is, is that if you, if all they're getting is fucking garbage, if all they're getting is complete mental garbage plugged in there, you give, you give that five years, 10 years, and you get garbage in, get garbage out. Right now. And it's and we are living through garbage now. It's like- but
0: but I don't trust. I also at the same time don't trust anyone to know what the right things to put into people's heads are, because that's the other side of it. Is that no matter if if you put the Christians in control and the, to legislate morality and create the content that is moral, then we get Christian moral content. And if you agree with that, that's great If you disagree with that, that's not good So okay. if you create a system where the system has this kind of power Like this is the fundamental thing between re- That Republicans and Democrats don't get Is that we, we build a big government When we get the power, we'll use it as a cudgel against them So you right. like okay. you, you, you like the you. Christian content But then if we suddenly have a Muslim majority That wants to like put Sharia law into content Now we've created this system where you can create Muslim content Now we have this, this system where you create content
1: but i i led with this wasn't in law it was self policed by them because they wanted to make audiences happy they dropped it when when society was changing but it's not because the thing is is that okay so going back to it like um here's my compromise here's my compromise okay so for example uh the early life section people when they go to the gro- when they go to the grocery store can look for a little K yeah. on the package, right? I no, I,
0: I know where you're going with this, and I agree okay. completely. Like rotten tomatoes certified fresh. If there was a right. haze code that was like certified
1: moral, we I'd be had all for that it. we had that and Hollywood. But they wouldn't said allow non, we got non
0: the non-content. So you went to but the they, grocery they store and everything had this. the K.
1: Right. But but what I'm saying is, is that Hollywood made that decision itself. Okay. It wasn't that the Catholics said Hollywood, we're never gonna go to any of your movies. They said make us some good movies. And from the business sense of the Hollywood producers at the time, like, look, if we just if we just keep it all in these in these bounds here, then because that's all it was was a stamp. It was a stamp that said this is MPAA approved, right? Like it was a motion picture association approved. Yeah, movie. That's all it was. But and and like going back to like so for example, the the Catholic Church got rid of its banned books list, right? Like so they had a list of like banned books, not that like they were completely banned, like like you know tear them out and throw them into a bonfire, but just like a hey Catholics, you want to stay Catholic? You want to you know or you, or not not do you want to stay Catholic? Like you're not allowed in the club, but like do you want like to do you want to harm your 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 sense of morality or do you want to you know do you want to like these are the books that might be a little bit dangerous for you to delve into right which mm-hmm. for somebody that might be a, a list of like give me that book right like I actually I actually love buying banned books, not books banned by the Catholic church books, banned by eBay books, banned by Amazon. Those are my favorite kind of books to get. Cause it's like, Oh, you're banning that book. Then there's, I want to see why you want it banned. You know, I want to see what, you know, let me give me that first edition that had that whole chapter taken out. You know, yeah. I love that kind of stuff. I get what you're saying. And I am all for it. What I'm saying is, is like, at least give, yes, give, I want an organization that goes, yes, you can, you know, this, take this with your, with your kids, take it with your family. The problem is, is like, Oh, so we have besides Rotten Tomatoes, there's these like other groups online that you could look up movies. And, and there, there's ones that like are for parents to like, look stuff up before you go and watch it with your kids. Cause like, you, you kind of want to know, like, you can't just figure it out yeah. in the theater.
0: No, IMDB and- has like the parent section And I love that section because I'm like, is there going to be titties in this movie? (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Yes. But like... Sometimes they get weirdly, weirdly specific too. They'll be like, (laughs) they'll be like timestamps. And when I read those, because sometimes... uh, So... Tim and Truckin and Tuck and I will get together for movie nights And yep. one of the fun things on some of these Really bad movies is to go Look and see how detailed the parent section is Because it'll be like a slasher flick Right, right. and they'll be like oh, This this movie has violence and gore Like at one point this woman's head gets chopped off At one point a guy <laughs> gets like thrown into a big Grinding machine and you're like Ah oh, that's funny but then sometimes they'll be like Weird ones it'll be like two people share A kiss and it goes on
1: for more than seven seconds And you're like what Yeah it's a little long <laughs> but okay where where i'm going with this is yes you should be allowed to watch your movies so long as it's not child porn or a snuff film of somebody dying or something on purpose like being killed right like i mean we we can find a common ground on that end what's getting harder for us so for example um like going back to like there's a there's a website called commonsensemedia.com and I used to go to that. It was great for like, okay, I'm going to get a game for my kid. Or if I'm going to watch a movie with my kids, there's ones like, I have to go back and watch movies that we watched. When we were kids to make sure that they were all fucked up. Cause like there's eighties movies that I was like, Oh yeah, that movie's great. We were watching. We're like, what the hell were we watching when we were kids? Like these were really messed up movies. My, my parents let
0: me watch Term- Terminator one and two yeah. commando predator, like all these horrifically violent movies. Yes. And, and I, but when I have, if when I have, if and when I have children, I will yeah. encourage them to watch those films as well. Because I came out like a pretty well-adjusted person. I mean, other than the screaming every week onto the into the internet thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, well, I I agree with you. I wish there was. I I wish that people just made the content that they want to make instead of trying to like hit the guidelines of past or present Hollywood. And I think there should be groups that say like. We support this movie because it fulfills X, Y, and Z thing, and we support this movie because it fills W, X, and G thing, and and then you find those kinds of people. That's why, I like, I. But when the budgets a group, are the worst. when a group, the I, the budgets are too too big. The budgets yeah, are that. too damn big. They make every movie that. has to make a billion dollars, so it has to be the most homogenized, boring, nonsensical but not, thing.
1: But it's not homogenized, dude. I haven't gone to the movie theater in a long, long time. I, the last movie I went in the theater, I, I went to go and see Sonic the Hedgehog with my kids. That's a great. Right? movie. Why did I go to Sonic the Hedgehog? Cause I read up and I was like, none of the garbage is in it. There's no garbage in it. Yeah. Right. That's There's why no Tim and I loved it
0: because it, it was yeah. just a movie about a hedgehog that saves yeah. the world. That was yes. it. They didn't put a bunch of like there was no politics, there was no religion, there was no anything. It, it was, was just never religion a simple, in these movies, though. It was just a simple movie about a hedgehog that saved the world. And I was like, why can't why can't they just make movies that are just about a thing? They have to have all this because they political don't. bullshit in them because for they no don't. reason
1: dude half the audience is like insulted all the time on purpose because like any if, if you go back and you're looking for, since the Hayes code era it's been there the whole time this underlying message divorce feminism uh white man bad um you know like c- capitalism always bad uh, Christianity always bad like think of all the movies you've seen where the most hypocritical crappy like just like like closeted like just horrible person is always like the front facing like Christian person whereas like most of the Christian people I know not just in the Catholic Church but most of the Christian people I know are pretty solid people they aren't a bunch of like closet monster assholes yes there are some but we're talking about like like what what is the norm if um for example like um down here and i mean across all of latin america uh telenovelas are a big deal right like Mm -hmm. telenovelas but like again once telenovelas came into the picture divorce rates skyrocketed why because almost all the shows are about adultery and divorce and breaking up and fighting and all this kind of stuff. If you're just getting constantly pumped in with that garbage all the time, it does have an effect. It just, it does have an effect. It will, like, this, this the divorce rate here in Paraguay is enormous. I hardly know anybody in my age group here whose parents are still together. And this is a Catholic country and they're just, just divorce rate through the roof. And so, I don't know what the solution completely is, but at the same time, uh, I, I would definitely love to have a real group that would say, okay, like, yeah, I guess we can use this IMDB more. Most parents aren't, most parents don't give a crap. Most parents, most parents parents are letting their kids use their phones. And what is the average age of a kid now having this first exposure to pornography? It's like 10, it's like nine or 10 that dude that can't that can't we can't survive like this it's not good it's it's really bad and 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 i think down the road we're we're it's it's gonna get worse before it gets better
0: but like yeah well the good news is world war three is coming (laughs) <laughs> it and certainly is. It's supposed to wipe out half the population, and I think that is really what we need to like have that return to Jesus moment, where we we just like stop acting like a bunch of dipshits <laughs> and start to prioritize, you know, fixing the problems instead of because the the problem I my my problem with everything is that we keep handing off responsibility. You know, we, we, that. <laughs> we <laughs> uh, as a society, we're just like, ah, someone else will handle it. Someone else will handle it. And and no one's right. like stepping in to fix anything.
1: Right. Well, and that, all I'm saying is, is like, okay, going back to like common sense media. Right. So like I go on there now and the problem is, is like, even the, like even the definition of family friendly is being like totally wonked up
0: yeah because we were always we've always been at war with eurasia joel (laughs) welcome to it
1: (laughs) dude there's okay so there's uh there's these disney comedy westerns (laughs) called the apple dumpling gang right Mm -hmm. and and the apple dumpling gang i really liked when i was a kid and you know i go to common sense media and i look it up and it's like it's like there's a female character in it uh who who ends up adopting these kids but like, Wait, in the, are these midgets? No, they're not. They're not okay. midgets in this movie. No, but like uh, the a- Apple Dumpling Gang is like you know orphan kids who are getting looked after, um, and and like there in the side, there's like the, the two comedic villain characters who are you know crappy crooks, bad at what they do. But like in it, like the main, like uh, it's basically Did you ever watch the show Webster when you were a kid? Like, do you no, ever remember the that show was Webster? Before my time. Uh, everything is going to be before your time. <laughs> I want to refer um, the mom from Webster. She was the in this in this movie, and she's like kind of like a tomboy, right? She's like a tomboy, and she's like good with like you know working with uh, working with horses, and she's like you know like good at fixing things and doing all this kind of stuff. But like when the kids come and she has to take care of the kids, like she actually really likes it, and then like actually becomes more like motherly, and then like actually like by the end of the film, she like goes like kind of stops wearing like you know manly tomboy stuff and actually started looking feminine and stuff this is roasted so bad in common sense media like this is a bad message for girls because it's saying that like you know in order to be happy she needs to be a mom it's like what's wrong with being happy with being a mom (laughs) like that is not a bad thing and so the thing is is like the weird thing is, is like these these kind of movies, these kind of things are so rare now. They're they're never around. There's none of them out there. Like, uh, what was it? There was a movie that came out this uh, a couple of years ago, or maybe like last year. It was like the Mitchells versus the Machines, right? Um, mm-hmm. right. And so I I like looked it up. And again, like, it, it's like, okay, you know, I got good ratings and I was like, okay, should I watch this with the kids? And I like bought the DVD and like, I was ready to like, you know, put it on and stuff like I was reading it. it's like, oh yeah. And then the girl ends up being like, you know, in a lesbian relationship that everybody's like happy with at the end. And I was like, I I guess, you know, like, I, I guess, you know, like, I, I guess we could put this on, but like, it's like, but like, she's always fighting with her dad and her dad never understands her and all this kind of stuff like, eh. Yeah, we'll just take a pass on this one. I don't need it. Cause like the, the whole dumb dad, dad sucks that, that, you know, like is, is almost tired now. It's, but it's not tired oh, enough it's, for Hollywood. never it's be not tired. tired enough for Hollywood. Are we shitting on crazy. men? We'll keep doing it. <laughs> but so this is the thing, right? Like, I'm not saying I love the Hays Code. What I'm saying is I love movies made during the Hays Code era. <laughs> They are my favorite it's, it's like I can look at the time period I can go oh 1957 Throw it on it's going to be awesome So anyways that's my do get Hayes uh, Code movies <laughs> well,
0: that, That's a good do get and that brings us to The middle of our episode which means it's time For Damn it highlighted the wrong thing <laughs> This episode is brought
2: to you In part by the Ricada News Network Definitely not fake news
0: well, Joel, you actually sent me a couple of news stories today. Have uh, oh, you, you? You drive a lot, right? Well, I, you don't drive a lot. You drive once a week. Uh, I, I drive once a week. Yeah, but we all know, like, the worst part of driving is uh, bicyclers. Oh, <laughs> you
1: this one, yes.
0: And uh, and then the second worst. So you're driving along, you're stuck behind a bicycler, You're like, oh. Can this day get any worse? <laughs> and then you get to the next intersection and you're stopped for 45 minutes while a funeral procession goes by. <laughs> and if, if that wasn't infuriating enough, so this lady in Paris has I something like for you. Uh, Undertaker Isabel Plumera is cycling around Paris with a hearse on the front of her bike. And there's a picture of this thing. She's <laughs> She's got this bicycle that has a casket attached to the front so that they can have more... Uh, environmentally friendly
1: funerals. Cause, Cause that's <laughs> what we were worried about. It's like, like, we got one less person on the planet. Let's just be even more environmentally friendly.
0: Yeah, she's, she's rolling around. If you're watching it on YouTube, <laughs> she's rolling around with this hearse in the front of it. It's like, oh, yeah, all of these funeral processions take so much. It's more green. They have them in all these other these other things. For, she says, for me, it makes sense to combine the bicycle and the hearse. Because when we talk about bicycles in Paris, we were talking about soft mobility. And if there's one, that, one a day where we need softness, it's a day when we accompany someone to their final resting place. Now... <laughs> I haven't been to a lot of funerals, but I have been to enough funerals. And what I'm thinking is if I'm riding to a funeral, you know, you're normally like in a suit, you've got a tie. Now you have to get your ass on the back of a bicycle and you're like, <laughs> pedaling along behind the damn hearse to get to the fucking graveyard to drop this bastard into the hole. Like, and then you get there and you're just soaked underneath that thing. This sounds awful. No part of this sounds good. The only go thing that's a it, picture
1: too. Go yeah. For, you put the picture back up on the screen. The only thing like,
0: that this once makes me want to do is like, okay, we're going to have the service at the, at the graveside so that we don't have to ride the bike anywhere.
1: So is she just going to like go then around the cemetery? just like, <laughs> <over> the cemetery? <laughs> like, and look at how smug her face is. Like, just oh, look she's at, so proud of herself. Look at how proud of herself she is. Like, look at the amount of engineering that went into this thing too. And like, just like, like, it's so far in front of her. Like, I would have understood maybe if it was, like, behind her. Like, if she was driving. But, yeah, look at how smart <sighs> this lady is. And she's driving. She's she's pedaling with heels on and, like, a, a, a trench coat. Like, like, it's like, what is the point of this? And, yeah, as soon as I saw this, oh, oh. man, like... The
0: Have you ever you've, you've ever been to like I don't know if they They have this in uh, In Canada or in Paraguay But like every so often I'll go to a concert Or event It'll be outdoors right And so you'll park A couple blocks away Where the parking's good Or cheaper And then you're mm. walking in And there'll be like that guy And he has the rickshaw bicycle And he's like Hey hop in It's five dollars We'll take you right To the front door And the, the bike is like So geared So that his feet Move at a normal pace And then yeah. you travel Like two miles an hour And you're like We could kind have of just <laughs> walked Why didn't we just walk <laughs> We're losing beer money to make this jackass ride us to where we need to go. Oh, it's so, this is so embarrassing. They had
1: that in Vancouver. That was definitely a Vancouver thing, and but it was only in like like a small little circle around the bars, like because like it gets hilly in some parts, and you don't want to be riding on the front of these things when you're going downhill or something like that. And he certainly doesn't want to go uphill. So yeah, I hate those three shots. <laughs> They're the worst. But but this. Like, again, going back to this, like, this lady and this idea, like, no way this is gonna fly. Like, no, and like, what kind of asshole is like, yeah, um, (laughs) we're gonna pay the respects to grandpa by, like, just like. Yeah, also the most obnoxious. The most obnoxious funeral procession of all time. So you
0: put this in your will, right? It's like, uh, my funeral must be conducted by bicycler. This is Lance Armstrong's final will. And the family's just like, yeah, we're not fucking doing that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw there was, there was this viral, like this, I don't know if he was a millionaire or billionaire guy who had like a, uh, he, he, he was white and his daughter was half black. And like, for her, the wake, she just shit all over her dad and all over white men, and she's like, "You said that I should do this with my money. I'm not doing any of it, dad." And like, you're, 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 you know, all this, and it went viral. And I just think, like, what's worse? Like, <laughs> what's worse? Like having your daughter just shit all over your legacy, verbally or visually by being peddled by that smug bitch <laughs> in
0: France. The only thing the that would make this more efficient is if like she rides all the way up to the grave and then does a stoppy and your casket just slides out the front and <laughs> right into the hole. <laughs> right in there.
1: <laughs> See you later, Uncle Joe. We're out of here. <laughs> uh, oh man. That I've man,
0: got another another news story here from Dad Cucks coming to us from Reddit. Uh, friends of Reddit user Incredibly Shiny shart ran for a stomach-turning surprise when he invited them around for a Sunday brunch. His guests arrived for a feast of pastries, cakes, mimosas, and tacos, but there was a catch. The tacos were made with the meat from his very own foot. Oh. The 38-year-old Reddit user was driving uh, 45 miles an hour when he was hit and flung from his bike, another bicycler problem. Uh, the bones on his foot... Uh, I guess he was probably on a motorcycle The bones from his foot were shattered And they—they they were he would never be able to walk again So they had it amputated And he asked to know if he could keep the foot when he was done So after the operation he took it home and froze it And then eventually he invited 11 friends over They cooked his foot And he put it into the tacos it, That's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard
1: <sighs> Did you Okay What's your take on Bob's Burgers? Do you like Bob's Burgers? Never seen it. It's good. It's actually mostly wholesome. Mostly. Would it pass the Hays Code? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But the original pilot, um, Lauren Bouchard, who who's behind the show, had it be where like they were going to make it so that like the deep dark secret was they were serving human human, human f- meat, human meat, like Sweeney Todd, and they were like maybe this is not a good idea. And like, it's like, that doesn't have the staying power And it's a better show It's a better show because they didn't do that um, But, uh, uh, yeah, man, gross I, I, uh,
0: I've i got one last news story here This sure. one's also from you And uh, this is, I'm going to start with kind of a personal story uh, One of the things, so as a kid, I was really into space I really wanted to like I, I read a lot about the whole space program from the original Mercury 7 through the early shuttle missions uh was fascinating with us landing on the moon wanted to go to Kennedy Space Center and see the Saturn V and the thing that I, like, reading these books in the 90s, right, or in the very early 2000s is they were all, I love the retro futurism of the 50s and 60s where they're like, yeah, in the year 2000, we're going to be living on the moon. We'll have flying cars. Everything's going to be run by fusion. And, like, I will have all these space stations you'll take planes into space and then dock in the international space station, then land in Alaska. It'll take 11 minutes. It'd be fantastic. And I was like, this is going to be the future. And now here I am in 2022 in the future. And it <laughs> is just fuck all. It's exactly the same bullshit that we had when I was in the third grade. Although now we have the internet so that all your shit's broadcast the entire planet. So <laughs> NASA's made another bold prediction uh, <laughs> saying humans will be living on the moon. Could think, they- qualify. It could be living on the moon before the end of the decade. And a leading official, NASA, said, can you imagine, John F. Kennedy, like, uh, we, we go to the moon, we do other, the other things, like, we should make it a goal of this nation that before the decade is out, that maybe we could maybe, like, land on the moon, or if there's, like, not too much other shit going on, or we could dump <laughs> $4 billion into fucking Africa and all kinds of aid program in the goddamn ghettos. Sorry, Joel. <laughs> that's, what, that's why we're not living on the moon, by the way, because we just dump money into fucking worthless people. See, successful. I'm just picturing
1: launch- like I'm picturing the HOA. <laughs> that would be because it's going to be like a condo community, and they'll be like, you know, there'll be little complaints, <laughs> you know, be like, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, tab, uh, you know, that we've had the other oh, the other residents in the building are a little bit they're a little bit upset about how you're you're screaming all the time when you're you're doing your podcast from the moon, and um, you know you're you're you. Uh, <laughs> your moon buggy is, is not environmentally friendly. We, we are now switching to moon bikes. And uh, so we, we can't, we, we're going to need to, (laughs) there's cause like no matter what, it's going to suck living up there because the only people that can actually live up there, (laughs) if, if they ever pull it off, which they won't, We've never been to the moon. Um, and <laughs> oh, we've
0: absolutely been to the moon. We've it would totally take, it not. takes way it would take more, way more resources to cover up the fake moon landing than it would to just go to the moon. You mean just
1: like erasing telemetry tapes. Anyways, um, the, 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 the point is is that the point is that they will make it suck. Um, it'll have it, the, the, you and I won't be able to go there because, like, white privilege. We won't. We won't oh, I'm, like, I'm going. Be- I'm,
0: I'm volunteering. Like, first first crew, they're like, Yeah, we want some random volunteers, to send them to the moon, send them to Mars. I'm like, I'm up for it. Get me off this planet with all these fucking idiots. If I die <laughs> on the moon, if I die on the moon, that's fucking historic. The first rage <laughs> and science based podcast hosted from the moon. Welcome to it. The first gigantic asshole to die on the moon. I'll take it. <laughs> All you people lived and died On the same piece of shit rock in space I'm on a new one Goodbye <laughs> Anyway yeah so they're there With the successful launch of the Artemis rocket uh, From the Kennedy Space Center on Wednesday They're it's carrying the Orion lunar Spacecraft which is Has a, a mannequin in it the the launch manager said that we're we're going to be taking long-term deep space exploration it's a historic day blah 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 it's the all oh, the whole SLS it's now the Artemis system but it was the SLS for a long time and it's finally off the ground it's just it's just so I'm so tired of it that we won't we won't put the real resources into going to the moon because we have to spend a bunch of money to give poor people more money for them to throw away on big screen TVs and so we're just gonna die on this rock and the sun's gonna explode and that's where we're gonna be. One
1: it's the, not like we haven't spent a lot of money on NASA? I mean NASA uh, no, NASA is one of the
0: lowest budget mm, things in. But the reason yeah, why we and stopped done going to the moon and done what, I don't know, with Velcro. Velcro <laughs> closures oh, on your pants.
1: Oh, we never would have gotten Velcro. I, 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 I got, got Velcro fucking, burrs in my in my, This in pen in, my right in was space.
0: There were so <laughs> many technological advancements from the moon the moon shot. And we just gave it up because we got to, oh, we have poor people here on earth we should be
1: taken care of. Let's dump more money into the ghettos. They're still dumping billions into it, dude. Still. They're still dumping they're billions. They're not dumping it. And all much we're getting is think. like, is like videos we of We gotta like, send more money to Israel because they're our
0: greatest ally. $40 billion for the Ukraine, but God forbid we spend a little bit of money to put people on another rock in space. <laughs> Well, Just think, think about it thing, Think about NASA, all the resources We have all these resources Like finite resources Oh, we need yes. renewable power We need all this stupid bullshit then, Just think about the ability That you have to have To clean water In a closed system In a space station And then apply that To a shitty nation in Africa We fix a lot of problems
1: But then But but this is the thing NASA does stupid Waste of money shit All the time Like, for example When all of a sudden It's like Hey the Super Bowl's coming up and they're all like wearing like the two teams that were from the Super Bowl that were in the Super Bowl. But it's like, but you guys launched launched the, the you guys got up there like before the NFL playoffs even started. So how did you get all the did you bring every single fucking team's jerseys onto the flight? I've I've seen the calculations about how much it costs to send like one pound into space. So y- wait, you're saying that you guys thought it was a good idea to send the all the NFC teams and all the AFC team jerseys up with you just for this one fucking photo op that just is that's just bad budgeting, is what I'm thinking. Not to <laughs> mention
0: that game. Chris Carter, not Chris, whatever the the mustache oh, the Canadian the with the fucking oh, guitar. Fucking fucking yeah. Blow, oh, yeah, I played a guitar up in space. Like, no one gives a shit, dude. I know, no, dude. Why they- don't you get back to doing some fucking science experiments?
1: Space station to me is, is the cringiest fucking thing. <laughs> I can't stand it.
0: <laughs> I love space. We should be going to space. I will live on, I'll volunteer. First, we'll be the first interplanetary podcast to tackle all of the
1: universe's toughest <laughs> that, issues. If if anybody is going to have an interplanetary, an uh, interstellar uh, podcast, yes, this this would definitely be the one.
0: <laughs> we've done interstate, we've done international, we're now intercontinental. Mm -hmm. there's only there's only nowhere to go but up
1: perfect uh, do i have time to run in one quick fish news yes (laughs) all right um this uh this is comes from from the the jolly jolly old uk Uh, nation divided on correct fish finger portion but bird's eye sets the record straight a mom sparked an online debate about how many fish fingers made a portion for an adult, and the nation couldn't agree. But Birds Eye have set the record straight. So fish fingers, so fish fingers are a mealtime favorite for many Brits. They're cheap, they're cheerful, and they count towards one of the portions of fish you should be eating per week. Okay, we're already starting with like, like limiting on how many fish portions you should be having them for a week.
0: I'm trying to but think of the made, last time I ate fish. I, I couldn't tell you really yeah, yeah. I, I don't care for fish ah fair enough I, fair. yeah actually I have no idea
1: I I can I Jim Gaffigan has a bit about that um but was, was uh, it Friday
0: uh, if I was it
1: no. three days ago <laughs> was that the last
0: time you ate fish
1: yeah yeah you did every Friday <laughs> I, I'm a fish farmer dude yeah. <laughs> um yeah uh, but what makes a portion of fish fingers for adults? It seems the nation is torn. A woman took to net to ask what a good portion for adults is, stating that she thought four was enough. Pondering over the question, she said, "'This is causing World War III in my house currently.'" Answers range from two to 10 fish fingers per mealtime. but bird's eye has set the I don't even know who bird's eye is by the way I'm, I I'm assume just they're like
0: this. they're like swanson chicken bird's eye fish someone you know just a bird's eye
1: yeah it's probably what's written on the back of the
0: box exactly uh,
1: but bird's eye has set the record straight so we need to wonder no more oh thank goodness I, oh, I
0: you know I was worried yeah. I've been it, I, I've had all this like stress in my life going on. <laughs> And so much has been tied to how many fish fingers are the correct portion. Exactly.
2: exactly. <laughs> so,
1: the mum also specified that the fish fingers were being served with chips and beans. Okay. So see, now you're complicating beans? things. Beans. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Why would you put beans in with this? You don't even want to see this picture. Um, oh, God. Oh, oh. Uh, one fish finger fan commented, I would have said two was enough. But not everybody agreed with some mocking the mums netter for suggesting such a small portion. Another responded by saying they'd laugh if they were given two fish fingers. Someone else said six to eight in our house, teenagers and adults with peas and baked beans and sometimes mash, or four in a sandwich with cucumber and brown sauce. I don't even know what brown sauce is. All it, ha-
0: sounds, it is exactly what it's what it says. <laughs>
1: okay. Sauce that's brown. <laughs> <laughs> it's british they don't exactly make food <laughs> it's just brown uh we're all a healthy weight but three or four wouldn't touch the sides bird's eye have waded in to officially settle the debate however sharing what recommended adult portion size is they said <clears throat> and i quote the recommended adult size portion oh, i should do it in a british accent <clears throat> the recommend. if i do the re- uh, actually Irish. i don't know how bad my british accent <laughs> is the recommended, bri- the recommended adult size portion for standard fish fingers is four fingers. For those wanting to opt for something a bit more hearty, Bird's recommends two chunky fish fingers for an adult size portion. Remember, it's recommended that a healthy, balanced diet should include at least two portions of fish a week, including one of oily fish. They also stress that children's nutritional needs differ from those of adults. So smaller portion sizes might be appropriate. So, Hey, by the way, you're, you're missing out on some, some, some sweet omega-3s, uh, uh, fatty acids and stuff like that. that they're saying you should at least have one oily fish. You could probably, you know, ma- manage to get a sardine or two in there. Couldn't you?
0: That would cut know. into my steak.
1: <laughs>
0: I need, I need at least, 11
1: portions of steak a week. Man, you'd fit in so d- well down here in Paraguay man, with all the asados. Oh, so. steak. <laughs> That's the story. That's fish news for this month. That has been fish
0: news. And this has been the Ricada news network. Definitely not fake news. And that takes care of our legal obligations this week, but you know, it doesn't take care of.
1: Uh, the paying the bills,
0: paying the bills. And if you want to help us. Uh, pay the bills I'm trying to write these this word and talk at the same time Which is not a good idea uh, You can visit us at patreon.com Forward slash HWIDG Or now Subscribestar.com Forward slash HWIDG We launched that today um, Both are a great way to support the show Over on Patreon We have five tiers on subscribe to Star, We only have three Because uh, if you're switching you're going to pay more you son of a bitch. <laughs> On Patreon, we have the one dollar tier, Which you get you early access to each week's episode plus our monthly mini We have a two dollar tier. We throw the random bits and bobs. We do uh, Tim and I have been doing some movie commentaries or not movie commentaries, movie reviews before and after. On Patreon and Subscribestar Star, we have the five dollar tier where you get your monthly bonus episodes. Here's what I do get. Where we drop the hate and talk about it. it's great. That's right. It sounds exactly like this episode right now. <laughs> and uh all You'll get all of the $1 and $2 tier content on Subscribestar. Then we have the $10 tier where you, the fans submit a film. We sit down and watch and record a feature in the commentary. I'm going to be sending out a uh, submission form in just a couple of days for all our $10 tier subscribers. And in the month of December, from December 21st until January 1st, I'll be watching at least one movie a day live in the Discord and recording a feature in the commentary with you, the fans, or a, or a co-host of the show. And we will watch every movie that is submitted to make up for the year of missing movie commentaries. Um, and then finally, we have our fifty dollars spite producer tier, where you get a say in the show you can um, ask for a special bonus episode. You can ask for special episode format. We've got uh, special. You can ask
1: you could ask for haze code type rules on episodes uh, where we 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 drop the nudity and uh, we drop the uh, profanity.
0: <laughs> let, let, let's be honest, that would never work. I mean, we're, you're talking about me. Uh, you know, uh, right now we're in a spite producer requested theme for the month. So uh, we want to say thank you to all our patrons, big and small, for helping make the show possible. If it weren't for you, we would we would just not be doing this. The show would have been canceled uh, at episode 300. You know what pisses me off? Is why can't I put spaces between these URLs at the bottom of the fucking screen? When I put the space in there, it's like, nah, this needs to be jammed right the fuck together.
1: <laughs> Sons of bitches. It's like Reddit formatting.
0: Fucking <laughs> bullshit. Um, anyway, well... Uh, Let's get back as some, some do gets, Joel. And here's what I do get. Pro- people are probably like, ah, you know, what is Tab going to be bringing in right now? Um <laughs> on a, on account of the fact that he's been bringing in the same bullshit for the entire uh this entire November. Or so, but fear not, here it comes. This here's what I do get. Star Trek the original series i'm actually looking at a picture of the ncc 1701 episode, uh, enterprise from the original series on my other screen right now it's just like it's in the rotation of all my my backgrounds i love star trek the original series and speaking of the haze code it came out deep in the haze code era uh it was it was uh, 1966 to 1969 so just as the haze code wind wound down in 1968 <coughs> Uh, a big violator of the Hays Code, Star Trek, the original series, features the first interracial kiss on television. Of mm-hmm. course, that was allowed because they were under mind control from <laughs> some, uh, I th- think they were like ancient Greek gods. Uh, I-, I love Star Trek, the original series. People have shit all over it in the last few years, and it-, it really deeply upsets me, because the people that shit on Star Trek, the original series, are absolutely not Star Trek fans. Is it silly by modern standards yes is it simplistic by modern standards also yes Mm -hmm. are the production values trash by modern standards yes but if you watch a series from 1966 and you hold to modern visual media standards you're a moron (laughs) at the time it was it was so unbelievably cutting edge compared to the other like the stuff on TV at the time, Westerns, Joel, you love them. Westerns, love you go out in the desert, you put on a cowboy hat, you shoot your guns, you ride your horse. No problem. Mm. Star Trek, You. it's like, we got to land on an alien planet. People have to wear alien clothes. They have to have alien technology. They have to be in a spaceship that looks interesting. Yeah, the sets are, like, very colorful and unique, Technicolor was brand new They were like we need this show to sell Color TVs to people's houses what, what colors do TVs replicate Green, blue, and red What are the colors of the uniforms Green, blue, and red And you're like whoa Tab the uniforms aren't green They're gold That's because the TV lights don't work right The gold uniforms were The velvet the velour was green To the eye really? Yeah and then when you when you put it under studio lights And the camera eye they turned gold And it was like well, what are we gonna do with this? That's why Captain's Kirk variant uniform and his uh, dress uniform are green, because huh. they were they were the, a similar color under visual light when you compare them. But then when you put them on screen, it's like, whoa, this is totally different. What is the this hell is, is this going city? on here?
1: Is this kind of like that like picture of that dress that some people saw as one color? It,
0: it is. It's a similar, it's a similar process. Like I, I see this all the time in theater, right? Like we this the costume designer picks out these you know nice threads and like, oh yeah, this guy's gonna wear an all-black suit, black tie, black shirt, black jacket, black pants, black shoes, right? And then you, the guy walks out on stage during the first dress rehearsal and those theater lights hit him with with the the colored gel and maybe it's slightly blue or slightly red or whatever. And all of a sudden it's very obvious that the jacket and the pants are not from the same Uh, like batch and the shirt looks kind of weird. And so you you look at those and it's just because like blacks are especially problematic on stage (laughs) because, uh, it depends on what colors they use to get it to black, what light it reflects. So right. you like use these different colors in the pants and the shirt and suddenly the guy looks goofy because it's bouncing the one, the pants are bouncing the blue light more and the jackets bouncing the red light more. And he looks like a red, he looks like a clown.
1: It's funny the- you mentioned that. Cause yeah, we had the similar thing when we would do wrestler intros or sorry, re- wrestler entrances. Cause we had to have, each wrestler that came out had a different color scheme, different music and all that kind of stuff. And it's funny. Cause like uh, in post our producer, our, sorry, I'm the producer, the uh, the director and the editor, he was the one who had to go and do a bunch of fixing. We had this one character whose whose outfit was black and yellow, but like, um when we when we put on the lights on him, it looked this kind of puky color when he came out and it didn't, it didn't work well. So we ended up just actually working with that and then um changing it so that when he came out, we actually would cycle through all the different colors of our lights. And it was like because he was like this crazy circus character kind of guy. And so we ended up just just we leaned heavily into it because we're like, none of the colors look right. Let's just fucking throw everything we got at him. And it, yeah. and it actually worked. But I did not know that. That's, I, that's today I learned about uh about the Star Trek, the original series uh uniforms. I did not know that. Yeah,
0: they were uh, supposed to be red, blue, and green to Sell Technicolor. is a reason I, to go buy a color TV. Like and now the we have four K. The, the
1: the the Adam West Batman series was also yeah. like heavily t- Technicolor uh, f- thrown in your face kind of thing. Yeah, but at those, the same time,
0: series were at the same exact same time, 1966.
1: But you, so it's funny because you were mentioning about like the production value and stuff. Well, like the last time we we uh, spoke, uh, we were reviewing that godzilla uh, mothra movie yeah and i'll be honest with you man like you know there are sequences from the original series of star trek that f- make that godzilla movie look horrible i mean in terms of you know even though it's like a big cornball like it's still like you know a little more believable than some of the stuff that uh, that, that, that was done in that godzilla movie godzilla movies from the 90s yeah the-
0: you talked about the Hayes Code, like the they had to be more creative because the limitations are on them, and I agree with that completely. I, I, when I see like the modern the modern film is trash because they can just whatever stupid thing comes to the guy's mind, they're just like, yeah, we can just look CGI the shit out of that and look great, and then it looks awful. Yeah. You know, when you look at like George Lucas's original Star Wars screenplay, that would have been a terrible movie. But they were like, "Yeah, you're not. You you have way little budget." So he's like, "Well, I'll just I'll just kind of like pare down." And then what really saved that movie was editing. He had a really good editor that cut out all the fat, and they like all that stuff is practical. And so the the show really worked. Then that movie really worked. And and Star Trek was the same way. You couldn't like go out on, on you know the sci-fi stuff of the day. they're like flying out through space shooting lasers at one another just like endless explosions and star trek the original series had they, they were telling morality plays that's really what the show came down to it was well, it, it was like here's good here's bad to it. Yeah. yeah but it wasn't they weren't like a you know people remember episodes like the omega glory where it's it's the the Yangs versus the Combs, the Yankees versus the Communists, and they literally <laughs> the the climax of that episode is literally Kirk, Kirk reciting the uh pro, the what is it? It's the preamble of the Constitution to to this tribe, and and in the most exaggerated Shatner way that anyone possibly could. And yeah, there are episodes like that that are kind of like it, lame. Like, like that, there's no way to describe it other than the lame. But then you have episodes like, uh, I'm, I'm, I want to say the Turnabout Intruder, but that's the final episode. There's an episode in the in the first or second season where they first come upon the Romulans that I'm the, I'm blanking on the name. This ba- Balance of Terror. And it's a submarine combat. They, they, it's literally like, it's they literally just stole a submarine movie that I don't know the name of. And they mm-hmm. set it in space and it's like all the same plot points. It's almost exactly the same movie. But the reason why that movie worked and the reason why the that episode worked was because like there's tension, there's building, mm-hmm. there's the turnabout of back and forth of the two people, the two like captains fighting. It's a great episode. It's so captivating. Like you could take that and make it today and change it to different kinds of spaceships and it would still be good because the script is good. The Star Trek the original series had this great habit of they hired the great sci-fi writers of the time and they're like, hey, write it, write a sci-fi TV show. Here are the parameters we have to work in our characters. And so they had these great sci-fi stories like City on the Edge of Forever where, Kirk, where McCoy inadvertently stumbles back in time and saves a woman's life. And by saving that woman's life, it completely derails the entire space program and makes the Enterprise not exist. So then Kirk has to go back in time to, to undo what he did. He falls in love with the woman and he has to watch her die on the street so that history can play out the way it's supposed to. That's some really tough shit.
1: That's deep. that's deep see it's funny like um uh like when did you get at what age and how how did you get your star trek original series to you because like from when i was growing up it wasn't it wasn't in reruns it wasn't where i was like i would have to go out after and watch it all on dvd or watch it all online or something like that uh it wasn't available to me i got tng I got the Star Trek animated series, which I hated as a kid. I hated it. It creeped me out. Um, and uh, actually, when when Star Trek did come on later on, uh, like when it was later, uh, I, it, it, the original series was on for a little bit before. There was something about, there was like a, a face of an alien or a face of a monster that was in the... Final credits or uh-huh. something. It used to scare the shit out of me as a kid, so I just didn't even bother with the show. <laughs> um, but how did you get like, w- like what what was what was your did your dad show it to you? Did, was it yeah. on like after school or
0: no no? Okay. So so I why I was into Star Trek. Um, you know, I've talked about it before in the Mad Cucks versus Skuckery things. Like the only thing my parents agree on is that they both like Star Trek. That's it. That's, okay. that's, that's uh, if I really like delved into what. The only, that's, uh, that's it That's the only thing I can think of that, that they have in common And so No matter where I was If Star Trek was on We got to watch it Like that was oh, okay. If it was If it was Friday night If I was at my dad's We'd be watching Star Trek If I was at my mom's We'd be watching Star Trek Because everybody liked it And so But I watched We watched TNG That was what was on When I was first born And I watched all the movies And I loved them And my dad I was one weekend I was staying The weekend with my dad And he said like Oh I want to show you The Star Trek movie And uh, and it was it was Star Trek: The Original Series, of Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, and I, I remember distinctly saying t- telling my father I said like I you know that that original series stuff that's fine for you but I'm I'm more of a TNG guy you know <laughs> like that's that stuff's the past old man and um and we watched Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan and I loved it and then yeah, I think awesome. we watched the rest of the original series films that same weekend just oh, okay just binged them and so then I um you know he he we started like i remember we bought a dvd of assignment eternal assignment earth and i started reading some of the books and i i got into them and like we would we would catch the the episodes on like uh it wasn't spike i think it was g4 at the time they had like star trek 2.0 and when the episodes were brand new, you could you could like chat online, and your your stuff would show up on cable television. I think there was wow. a little bit of a filter; you couldn't be like, "Fuck, I would fuck this shit out of you, Janice Rand." Got <laughs> it? She's got a fat ass. Like that stuff wouldn't get through. But it was it was like some you know some of that stuff would come through, and so we'd watch those. And then the DVDs started coming, and we buy we like buy DVDs or rent DVDs. And then the the whole series came out on DVD at some point, and. And I like I would he would watch him and I would watch him and um and so, yeah, it was was just that like it's the relationship I have with my father that made gave me a love of the series that gave me like the start of the love with the series. But it's not one of those things where I watch it's something that I watch as a kid. Like I I can some of these some of these episodes, not all of them, some of these episodes, I watch them as an adult and I come away with such a different um. Understanding of the challenges Involved like like Sitting on the edge of forever As a kid it was it was just an episode But as an adult when you've Fallen in love and you've you've had You've lost those kinds of things you Can really empathize with Kirk in a way that you Can't as a kid Uh, and then There are there are the fun episodes uh, Like Space Seed where This genetically engineered Superman From the year 1996 Is discovered in space and he Tries to take over the Enterprise and like there's not a lot of depth there it's just kind of a an action an action show but there's that was i think that's the strength of star trek as a franchise you can do these really like intensely personal dramas and then you Mm -hmm. can do like the fun action adventure swashbuckling horseshoe hornblower in space and it can be part of the same story it doesn't have to all be that so many shows these days it's all just this slog of emotions and depth and crying and bullshit, or it's so completely empty of any meaning that it's just popcorn fluff. And Star Trek, the the original series was able to play both things. And that's why it became iconic. There, there are no other series from the sixties that got canceled that because that, you know, there's not a land of the lost. There, there's not 50 years of land of the lost content. There's not mm-hmm. 50 years of, uh, there was a T there's a TV show. My dad watched that uh, from the, the similar era where they like landed, land of the giants. They land on a planet where everyone's giant and they have all these sets where it's like thimbles that are gigantic <laughs> and they're wandering around. Like that show got canceled and it's just been forgotten about. Emergency has been forgotten about. Like there's so many series that come and go And for whatever reason, because I think it spoke to so many people, it's continued on for 50 years. Like, the the franchises that are that old, you know, James Bond, Doctor Who, Star Trek, there's not a lot of them. Mm
1: -hmm. And so... Mega franchises.
0: Yeah. when, When people shit on these, like, the core, the original thing, when they shit on the original Doctor Who and they're just they go back and retcon the beginnings. It's just like, you don't deserve to be a part of this franchise because the people that are watching this, the people like my dad that watched it in reruns and fell in love with it and continue to love star Trek until the movies came out until the later TV shows came out that had introduced it to their children who have introduced it to other people. Like that's who these series belong to. Not CBS, Go ahead.
1: Well, that's the thing is that um, for for like I've I've never been a, a big, huge Star Trek guy. Not a dislike Star Trek guy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna couch that. I'm never gonna say like oh, I'm more of a Star Wars guy or I'm not. That's not that's not my thing. I'm a wrestling guy, and a lot of that has to also do with the like when I was growing up and going to wrestling shows with my dad and, and, and like seeing these characters play out and people shit on wrestling all the time and they have reason to, but at the same time uh, there there's, there's morality plays. There's uh, all types of, of good versus evil that goes into it. And it's a simple thing that gets played out. Like you watch it back back as an adult and you go, holy crap, they were playing this out for months at a time and all that kind of stuff. But what I can appreciate about what you're saying about Star Trek, especially with the original series, for, for a big thing that a lot of people don't, the like too much content today is written by committee. Yeah, it'll say this is written and directed by so and so. But like but like you know that like they have these rooms, these rooms of writers that are like doing punch ups or they're they gotta cram this message in or they gotta cram this thing in. That's why you get these big budget films with all these red herrings in them. Like they get all these red herrings in these shows because there wasn't one brain behind telling you the beginning, middle and end of the story. Whereas if you are getting real science fiction writers and maybe you'll have a TV person come in and like help them tidy it up in the format and go, okay, we need to stick a commercial break here or we need to, you know, uh, this is what we can do or what we can't do. But like this, so it's funny cause like you bring up the same era, like, yeah, I like Westerns. Um, I also like Westerns in the same reason, like, okay, so you brought up about how there was a sub submarine story that got replayed in into Star Trek and it worked. And I mean, a lot of times people point out to like George Lucas, like he, you know, the dogfight sequences were from World War II footage and and what he was doing. Um, in westerns, we did, there's a lot of the same thing. Like, so for example, a lot of westerns tie heavily in with like samurai movies. So there was like the Seven Samurai is Magnific- the 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 seven, magnificent. Seven, yeah. The Seven is the Seven Samurai, and and there's like lots of these different kind of tropes that that work because it's it's a story structure that works. But if you inject those characters in, like, so like for example. My favorite show of all time is Little House on the Prairie, and that's to a lot of times people will go like, "Oh, that's like, come on, it's a girl show." Or that's like, it's no, a great it's not. show." It's a fantastic show, and um,
0: yeah, I remember watching that as a kid, like on
1: phenomenal, you know, show.
0: super syndication, you know, whatever TV thing, and I, I enjoyed watching it.
1: Oh yeah, and but it was like, written I'll by argue. a girl, so it's got to be a girl show. <laughs> but it's a uh, it, but the quality of the writing was through the roof. And I do like the fact that like, so going back to like, why does star star Trek work? You know, like why does star Trek work versus any of the new star Wars shows? And I think it's because there's a, like, it's funny here. I opened the show with my thing being like, I like it when people have creative um, constrictions, but uh, you're you're saying it yourself like like that era had its own constrictions and it worked within them and it excelled within it whereas like a lot of these streaming shows now like the show could be 43 minutes this episode it could be 37 minutes this episode yeah. it could it That's can go super all,
0: annoying these days I
1: hate that and uh, again I, I don't I don't really follow a lot of the new car- the content anyway but but like with the with these star wars things like you you have to get this character in cuz we're going to sell this toy or we're going to get this talking point in whereas like like with with star trek like you said it, like yeah they had this this interracial kiss that like that got them headlines it got them headlines and we talk about it to today but i don't feel like that episode was written around an interracial kiss you know, that no. just happened to yeah. be a, a, a thing that would punch it up. Whereas today, if they were trying to shock the audience with something that would be, I don't even know what you can do today to to, to shock the audience. And You'd you have are, a
0: white man and a white woman that had like a functioning relationship. <laughs> yeah.
1: You'd have a family that doesn't <laughs> divorce and they get along and the wife actually like. Listens to the husband. To husband. Yeah. yeah,
0: they actually care yeah. about one another and work together yeah. to solve problems yeah. instead of this husband being a like retard and the wife being the <laughs> arbiter of all success. Exactly, yeah. like Star Trek: The Original Series, height of the Cold War, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it we're talking yeah, about like off. middle middle of uh, segregation going on, mm-hmm. and you have a black communications officer. You have a Japanese. We're just out of World War II. A Japanese helmsman. You have a Russian navigator. You have an alien in the science position. You have a Southern boy as your uh, Kentucky boy. Yeah, as your uh, doctor, and you've got a cornfed Iowa boy as the captain.
1: like scotsman is your engineer yeah scotsman is
0: engineer and at at no point are they like oh uh you know you're her you're super black right you know there's an episode in in the last season the savage curtain and they go to this planet and spock is confronted with surak the father of vulcan mysticism kirk is put together with um abraham lincoln and i feel like there's someone else but Abraham Lincoln ends up coming up to the bridge of the Enterprise, and he's like, "Boy, you're super smart for a negress, aren't you?" And he's talking to Uhura, and then he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have said that." And she just goes like, "I I don't give a shit," (laughs) (laughs) essentially. she says something That's along the lines thing. of like, Oh, I didn't even think that that doesn't even register as a racist comment to me anymore because we're so past racism so- in the 23rd century. And like, that was, <laughs> <would have> thought. <laughs> that was what we were striving for. Like I, I watched this as a kid and it was like, Oh, in the future, we're not going to care about these things anymore. We're going to care about like the, the, now we're going to care about it more. Right. Yeah. The strength <laughs> of the individual advancing, like our understanding of the world. Uh, and, uh, we are dead wrong. Like, There are, there are so many great episodes about, uh, so like, I think about, there's an episode where the, these, these children are like on a, they're, they're, they're a bunch of children. They like rescue them from a planet, I think, because all the parents died suddenly. And then you find out this alien was like corrupting the kids into rebelling against their parents.
1: I I saw that
0: one. Yeah. And then, and then the, like the, the crew the climax of that episode is the guy like shows up on the bridge of the Enterprise and he's like we're going to take over this ship children and Kirk and the other people are like remember your parents your parents loved you you killed your parents and the kids all like start to cry they're just like I miss my dad and that like takes away all the aliens power just like yeah respect your parents kids or like you'll get killed in space you know talking about the Hayes Code yeah uh, th- there there are there are like those episodes that are silly there are the episodes that are great like i i can think of all the like the, the final episode the turnabout intruder this woman steals captain kirk's body to take to like live out this vendetta the episode's terrible should not be the end of the series but that was the way things were back in the day uh it it was it was a show that like and also, and a great point for for Star Trek: The Original Series. And maybe it's maybe it's a maybe it's a good point, maybe it's a bad point. But there is so much technology in your lives that was inspired by Star Trek. The fact that we have these little touch pads that we can walk around and like doodle, read books and stuff on, inspired by Star Trek. Uh, like it, people looked at that and they're like, "Man, it'd be cool if that technology was real." And then they used their brains and went out and invented it. I think to your point of uh, stuff being written by committee, like Star Trek was so much the vision of one man, Gene Roddenberry. And every episode was the vision of one writer and one director. And like, there's a collaborative process in there when you work in, in those kinds of things, like there's, there's a give and take, but there, what there's not, Thirty-five. You know, you look at the any, not just Star Trek, any TV show. You look at the like written by credits during the credits. There'll be like seven or eight people just as yeah. bordering of people being like, "Yeah, well, we need to get my little pet project beliefs about feminism into this thing." Like, what
1: well, are you talking that, about? A lot of that too had to do with the writer's <sighs> strike. So after the writer's strike, what ended up happening was is that that's when we got the inundation of the reality television show era. Yeah, uh, because uh. you didn't need to have as many writers, and then. Um, after they came back to work, it's funny. It's like it's like all the good writers kind of went away, and and like so. Like one of my favorite shows, uh, I I brought up Little House on the Prairie, but The Rifleman is, with Chuck Connors is just a f- phenomenal show. And like uh, for for somebody who who watches a lot of westerns and he used like for me the perfect the perfect length of a movie is eighty minutes. Um, I know, I know that like a lot of people like longer movies or or something, but 80 minutes is like my favorite, favorite length of a time on a, on a movie. But then like, uh, my favorite Westerns, um, which are part of what's called the renowned cycle, which was uh, done by, um, uh, it was, uh, Burt Kennedy was the, uh, the writer. Um, the, the Randolph Scott was the, the main, uh, actor in all of them. <clears throat> and um, Bud Boddicker was the the director in all of them. Uh, they're all like seventy minutes long. Like all of them are like seventy minutes long. You don't feel like it's short. You don't feel shortchanged. They feel perfect. But like the Rifleman, like th- for whatever reason, these little twenty four four minute or whatever that like the half hour show perfect like it's a perfect length every episode i'm like i don't know how they pull it off but i guess because you've already established who the characters are you don't have to like introduce them and stuff you can actually pull that story off in one thing but when we looked into them like all the like episodes were again like written by like classic western literature uh writers like authors of books and and it makes a big difference and it's like it's something we've lost as the medium of television has just kind of fallen apart and same with the movies is that like, again, like, yeah, written by committee, man, it feels it. And you, and like, there's like, um, one of my favorite YouTube channels is those like pitch meetings, um, which is Mm -hmm. a guy like just like ripping movies apart based on like all the plot holes and everything that's in them. If you have one writer, who's talented and knows what they're doing and they like had an idea and they put it in. If there's a red herring, it's the fault of the editor, right? Like it's a fault of the editor, not, not, or the director saying, ah, I'm not going to keep this thing in. But most of the time a good writer will have all those loose ends tied up. And it sounds to me like that's the same, like you were, you probably weren't, you probably not going to watch a, an episode of like Star Trek where they introduce a thing and it it doesn't Never have yet. any bearing on the outcome of the, like if it comes in and you see it and the camera pans over to a thing and you see it, you go, Oh, that's going to matter later. And that's the yeah. same thing with like little, little house on the prayer. It's like, it's like, Oh, this character comes in and was, Oh, this, is, that person's going to matter later. Or, or this is going to be a, a show about the doctor. Or, this is going to be a yeah. show about the, 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 the the teacher lady,
0: and I think that comes to those
1: limitations
0: that we've talked yes. about. Like, yeah. you're you're limited in at, at the time. You know, they shot all the that on film, right? Yeah. Film every foot of film costs costs money. Now they Absolutely. shoot things on your phone, like it costs yeah. nothing. And reshoots
1: uh, and, and yeah,
0: and you're you're on streaming, so it's like, well, we don't really need to hit forty two minutes. So, well, you know, we, so. Yeah, you were like, well, we're not going to shoot something if it costs money. If it doesn't, it's not integral to the plot. And then if if the thing's too long, we have to make cuts. We have to hit. We have to, you know, show seventy minutes of commercials an episode or whatever the number is. And yeah. like, yeah, yeah. So TV just and I the other thing talking about the the committee and the lack the writers of things like star Trek, things like little house in the prairie thing of the time they were in their, they were in their like thirties and forties. They had lived lives. They had had kids. They had had jobs. They were doing things right now. The average age of Hollywood writers is in their twenties. These are people that graduated from UCLA, got a degree in film studies and then jumped out there and started writing plays about or writing TV shows about what they know. And what they know is the 20 something bullshit of living in LA. Like, you haven't done anything. The, well, like, Gene Roddenberry was a pilot in World War II. He literally yeah. crashed a plane in Morocco and wandered out of the desert to be survi- to survive and then he was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm not doing that shit anymore. I'm going to start writing TV shows." Hey, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, Gene Roddenberry has some crazy ass shit. Like I watched this video recently about so after after Star Trek the original series came out, he like wrote a bunch of pilots for TV shows that got made because Every every network, Runberry, was, yeah. every network was every like Yeah, we're not going to pass on what could be the next Gene Roddenberry script, and some of them Are fucking nuts <laughs> But You know, so like It's not like the guy was just like hitting Nothing but homers, he had some wild Ideas, this one just happened to be the one that Spoke to people, and mm-hmm. like Another great thing about this series was They were going to cancel after season two, and people Were like, no, I love this show They wrote the network, and the network greenlit a season 3 just purely based on people being like i want this i want this i want this something we didn't hear of again until like the early 2000s with chuck of the
1: of like people reaching well, out like to the network family and, guy was another one that Oh, family guy like yeah i guess yeah.
0: but but family like we should really just pretend like that show never happened
1: <laughs> uh, i agree but you know it this it, a good get because the thing is is that you're right uh people don't appreciate it for what it is i'll go and check some of them out i'm just not a sci-fi guy and that's not and, and you're not a western guy and, it, and it's it's not a knock on anything it's just more of a um i think it's uh, what you were introduced
0: what, to early you know well i i i
1: loved star wars growing up but because star was wars fantasy because of the toys and and Um, and the monsters and all that kind of stuff like that. But like, uh, yeah, Star Wars is fantasy. Star Wars is also samurai and is also like, it it has a bit of a Western kick to it, to a degree. Um, but, uh, you know, like I think it's funny. Um, so when I took film studies, um, I didn't truly fall in love with the Western until I took a, a Western course like i like got course on it and and kind of got the nuts and bolts of it um i took it because i like the professor and i wasn't fully sold on it uh you know until i got into it so um but what's interesting is like so for example i took uh i took f- westerns i took melodrama and i took um film noir Uh Right. And each of those things has kind of like a major theme attached to them. Right. So for example, film noir was definitely a haze code product because film noir was uh, a lot of times you had the same beats, right? So you had the femme fatale, the lady who gets the guy to go and do something for her. And it's usually like they're bending the law or they're trying to get away with something and they never do they always get caught at the end and it always blows up in their face and and the the film noir movie is the city is a is a big is is a like is a character right like the city is coming in on you it's claustrophobic it's all claustrophobic you're all just, just kind of like everything sucks it's all dark it's everything everything is like depressing whereas the western is pow, open and it's every there's no there's no constraints everything is the big open it's all about possibility it's all about that area over there has not been ranched yet that area has not been developed yet we're going to fix this up we're going to make this better for our kids and we're going to do this you know like we're going to we're going to um like like We are going, we're going from the society that wasn't working, and we're going to make it better by starting anew and doing it again, and to a degree. There, there's a bit of like, I can see a little bit yeah. of similarity there with the Star Trek stuff because the Star Trek stuff is we've left behind this. We've come away from this. We're going to do it better. We're going to find the, the we're going to s- find new galaxies, the big open, the big open space and, and go and do it right. And, and, um, and then again with the melodrama. So, so the difference between the melodrama and the Western was Western is about male sacrifice it's always about a male sacrifice, a man going out and having to overcome. He has to do something for his family or he has to do something for his people or for his land or for, you know, like he has to, for his legacy. And the melodrama is about female sacrifice. So it's about the woman having to kind of, maybe I, she has to go and do something for her kids or because uh, she has to sacrifice her reputation for for something or she has to do something above and beyond to, to, to pr- preserve something for her kids. What... I've always heard about Star Trek is that it's almost like a combination of all three because yeah. you're, you're on, you're on the ship, which is in a, in a way, a little claustrophobic because you're kind of running into each other. You're on the same spot. You're always kind of figuring out, but then you go out on an away mission and you're, you're dealing with new, new uh, civilizations and new customs and new new things like that. And then you've got the melodrama aspect of it, which is the interpersonal stuff where you know like and again why everybody shits on Shatner is because he's a melodramatic actor. He's yeah. it's always above and beyond what is the needed emotion. But again it's the constraints of the medium. He's he's selling color TVs. He's selling the 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 the, the sound on these TVs. And at the same time, you, you got to tell a story that makes you feel in half an hour. Yeah. And and that I think uh, is is a testament to the the creative constraints are a really good things sometimes. And and um, not all the time. Not like you're saying. Like not. I don't want a law put in place, but it is kind of nice sometimes to see what people can do. It's like haiku, you know, <laughs> like like it's yeah, it's like haiku. It's like, oh, you gotta do five, seven, five. Right. And it's like, wow, what what they could do with five, seven, five. Or it's the same with wrestling, right? Like with wrestling, it's like you got to, you, you got the certain beats in every match. Like you got to have, you got to have the, the shine, you got to have the, the, the hope spot, you got to have the, uh, you got the false, the false hope spot, you got to have the, the false finish, you got to, you know, like all these kind of things that we, we, you know, like the, the heat, you got to have all these beats that are in there. Even though those are the structures of a match, not every match is the same. And, and then also too, like, a lot of times, people try to cut corners by having like extra blood or swearing or doing all those kinds of stuff. No, no, man, you don't need that. You don't always need that. Like, I mean, sometimes a good story is just a good story. That's and when it comes.
0: The swearing, yeah. the modern Star yeah. Trek—they swear all the time, and because yeah, it's like it's lack of creativity. They made it. They made it six series, and and nobody, nobody said. I mean, there would be hills, there'd be dams. Mm. There was no shit, there was no fuck, there was no I think Data says oh shit in Star Trek Generations which was but,
1: funny at the but, time like, and, it's and, a movie. like
0: and, but, it's, but it's earned right cuz this is a character that that can't use contractions that has no emotion and like they put this emotion chip in him and he's having problems like understanding and expressing these emotions. But then when the ship is crashing, like he finally understands this is the time where you say, Oh shit. There's a little bit of cursing in, in Star Trek for the voyage home.
1: Well, yeah. Double dumbass on you. Right. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um,
0: and, and again, there's another payoff in that, in that Kirk is using them right. And, and spot can't use them. And then, uh, and then Kirk is walking onto the bridge, and he like he's like, "When are we gonna have those those computations or something?" And Spock says, "One damn minute, Admiral." And <laughs> Kirk turns and looks at him, just yeah. shocked. Like there, there was there was a there's a there's an arc that was introduced in the movie of double damage and you. That little stupid yeah. moment actually pays <laughs> off into a character moment because Spock is now embracing and understanding his humanity
1: yes that's a that's a it's, it's real written gratuitous. story yeah it's not it's a, gratuitous
0: it was just like oh we're making a movie they're gonna say fucking shit and damn and piss and hell and <laughs> you know what are the what a shit piss fuck motherfucker pussy you know they're just gonna say the seven words you can't see on tv because
2: <laughs>
0: it had to be it had to you know because we can now and and they just they like oh they just put the f word and into and i love the f-word i use it all the time i've used it probably a hundred times in this episode <laughs> they just put it in star trek just for the sake of being like we're on cbs all access we can say fuck now like, fuck you you don't get, you don't need to star trek didn't need it um it, it was uh, it's it's like it's the show of an era it it will I hope one day like in the the pendulum going back and forth we will start to re-respect it and uh, I hope we'll like have a rever. you know, th- those guys are dying,
1: you know, yeah.
0: Leonard Nimoy's yeah. dead Shatner's 80 um, uh, In in the, in the next several years, uh, DeForest Kelly's dead the yes. next several years like Shatner's gonna die and we will have lost yeah. the trio that made Star Trek work uh, James Dewan's dead uh then Shell Nichols is still alive. George Takei is still alive as much as that's worth.
1: Um but yeah, like we were listing off the diversity of the of the cast. I was like, you have a gay Asian man at the Well, <laughs> he wasn't gay. He wasn't yeah. gay. And they made his ass gay in the new
0: movie's like, Oh, we're honoring him. And George Takei's is like, Yeah, you're not honoring me. I Sue was never gay. And they're like, ah, fuck you, fag. He's gay now. And it was like, <laughs> You motherfuckers, you just throw this shit in there to fucking hit your little diversity quota points. You don't even understand. That nobody cares Sulu wasn't gay George Sakai's gay Sulu's not gay Fucking respect it
2: <laughs>
0: I I yeah. just I have such There's There was a There was a reboot series Made by Vic Mignogna Who's been slandered In the internet He's a friend of our He's a friend of a friend Of the show Nick Ricata. Okay. He
2: oh, made
0: cool. He made A Gorgeous Ode to Star Trek, the original series with Star Trek continues It's like 10 episodes They feel like episodes that It feels like season 4 of Star Trek, the original series The only thing that's different is The actors are all not on there Grant Amahara, who is now dead, played Sulu Vic Mignogna has such a great Kirk Like, he's the only person I've ever seen To capture Kirk To the point where sometimes I'd be watching the show And for half a second I'd just be like, oh shit, I'm not watching William Shatner because he had reason. he had all of the man he had the movements and the face and the intonation and everything. And for just like it was like a uh what it, what it was like a deep fake, but it was a deep fake only in my own brain, where mm. for just like half a second my brain painted William Shatner's face on his body and it worked. And then there'd be something, they'd like cut to something and it would just oh, and you'd oh, fall out of the out of it. Yeah. the the illusion. And like when people say, oh, you can't make those series today. And it's like, Star Trek Continues is made in like 2015. It was made from like 2015 to 2017 or something.
1: Anything and- can be made today. That's the yeah. thing. With enough talent, anything can be. I can remake Little House today if I wanted to. You know, I, I uh, Razor Fist, uh, uh, former friend of the show, Razor Fist, uh, he had a great rant about Westerns, about how – where a lot of these older act, he's like, we need to bring back the Western because it's a perfect place to put old
0: action heroes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like it's a perfect, perfect place to put, it's the only genre that you can put old action heroes in. Arnold Schwarzenegger would be an amazing Western actor. Now, um, sliced alone would be an extra, you know, like a good Western actor. Now, uh, it is the perfect place to put them. and, and, and it's saying is, is that you can still write, we can still write these. It's just nah. like getting them green lit to get made. Well, then go fucking make them. You know, yeah. like I, I've, I've talked about this before. Like when I came down here, like I came down here and I made a wrestling show happen. Cause I could afford to make a wrestling show down here. I can't afford to make it up. Like I pitched my show to Netflix and we came really close, like really close. I was almost, you know, in the Netflix family, which would have ruined my show. But at the same time, Very like, probably. they were using us as leverage for another show, which was called Lucha Underground, which came out later, right? So it was kind of like, a, well, if that falls through, we've got this other thing, but it's not the same, but we're going to use that as a, well, like just a bargaining chip. And, but the thing is, is that, You can make these things happen. When I came down here the second time, I was was like, man... I think there's a Western to be told down here in Paraguay. I think you know. I think there's a really cool setting down here. You set it in after the Triple Alliance War, where like ninety percent of the male population was wiped out, and you've got yourself a really cool fucking Western genre story where somebody shows up. There's a bunch of women that need help, or they're getting you know like ransacked all the time, and like this guy comes. Like, what's he gonna do? Is he gonna is he gonna take advantage of the situation, or is he gonna actually? you know like there's there's so much you can write and there's so much you can do with that and it'll probably cost me like a lot less to make that happen well, down we need here We
0: fly tim down there and you guys can make that movie together and i'll just be like <laughs> an executive producer up
1: here you can you yeah. can come down and 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 get you know be our sound guy or something like that
0: well, I, I don't do recording sound Ah oh, dang it
1: anyways well but i will poke
0: is, holes in your in your plot and i'll just be like this is
1: this well it's only gonna be me writing it so you know there probably won't be as many holes uh left in the plot although it, it, it'll probably uh, get you know, are, there be, are there gonna
0: be are there gonna be like um people of color or um like we, we're we gonna need like some definitely some minorities in here <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't want me to to to, to it's the gaze the code bazillions it's, of this it's the time. new code yeah.
0: for all media
1: exactly well that was a good 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 uh a good get man i've been building
0: uh, to it i spent all month building to this series i love I it. To be it here it's beloved it's it's like it is there's so much of our there's like there's been all kinds of history channel documentaries and stuff about how like the the technology that star trek inspired like it it really shaped media in a way that other properties haven't you know james bond similar vintage Absolutely beloved series I love I love So There, there are bad ones uh, Most of them are Daniel Craig's Actually they're all Daniel Craig's movies uh, All the others are great Yeah uh, Daniel Craig's movies are terrible And they're, all the other James Bond movies are great um, But Like It's a beloved franchise But Didn't really change media Doctor Who Not my bag uh, It's a little on the Homosexual side For my tastes uh, <laughs> As a fan of the birdcage I know people are like What the fuck uh, But holy shit, that show is awful, but beloved by its its core group of people, hadn't really changed much. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, uh, 10 years after Star Trek, it Star Wars, definitely responsible for bringing Star Trek back. If we hadn't had A New Hope, we would not have gotten Star Trek The Motion Picture, and then mm-hmm. we would have not gotten all of the other series. So, you know, mad props there to George Lucas. But hasn't had that kind of like shape that star Wars is probably the closest to having like a change of have been a force in our culture. Star Trek has like set our modern way of life together. We're watching big flat TVs in our house. Cause that was when I was on the bridge of the enterprise. We're typing on the internet on little tablets because that's what they were carrying. We're able to instantaneously communicate with one another with a little tap of a button, a uh, call mom, Siri, call mom because of what, like, Star Trek made for us. So, uh, you know, Wikipedia is we're basically... Eating,
1: we're eating reconstituted slop that is made to look like a real burger because of the dreams of, of the uh, replicator. You're exactly right. <laughs> You're exactly right.
0: And so, you know, I just, like, it, it, it deserves its place in Library Congress as one of those things that changed the world. Good or bad it changed the world and and yeah thank you so uh god bless you god bless william shatner and uh (laughs) that's it for this week's episode i'm tab burt i'm chaco thanks for
1: listening ciao ciao
0: If you want to call into the voicemail hotline, you can visit us at 704-750-9434 and tell us what you don't get. Or you can visit us on in the Discord under voicemail upload where you can like post an MP3 or anything that is uh, kind of your own uploaded file if you don't want to like, give us your phone number. I have a voicemail that has been waiting uh, since October 16th for you, Joel. <laughs> so we're going to launch with it here. I think I read the transcript of
2: this one. Hey Chaco, hey Tab, this is Player Four, and I'm calling because I want to hear the fish story. I was very disappointed, but I didn't get to hear the fish story last time, um, because you got caught up, caught cut off. You guys uh, had way too many stories to tell, and uh, I was desperately waiting for a month to hear how the fish trap went. So <laughs> I'm hoping this will at least prompt the story, at least a quick version. Did Chaco? get his fish trap and did it work player four goodbye
1: goodbye awesome somebody cared about the fish trap yeah i could i could definitely tell that story um real quick i guess i'll because i don't want to eat up too much time with it uh i ended up trying out a few different fish traps uh i bought one on ebay um the We commissioned two people to make them down here but they never ended up making them. So we got this one that was like a little bit of a tenty type thing and we tried putting it out there and it only catches the little fish and we ended up figuring out that we have a whole other species of fish that we never intended to be. I don't know how it got in there. This a little like long kind of snake fish looking thing that's kind of gross but apparently you can eat. Um, So we get those. We we catch in, in those but We we figured out a a strategy. I actually had um so I hired a guy to go with my with my my custodian because I wasn't gonna fucking do this. Uh he went into the water and we got this like big like shade, like this we call it media sombra, but it's like a, a big shade cloth. And they went in and they carried this shade cloth in almost like a big net and they walked through the whole pond trying to catch these tilapia in it and the tilapia outsmarted them and got, huh. so so they they couldn't actually catch any of the big tilapia in there. So we put them into the small, the smaller pond and they were able to get a bunch of, we were trying to empty out one of the ponds cause we were going to put in a different type of fish called Pacu, which is like a vegetarian piranha. And, um, it, they were in there like just like up to their nipples in their, um, uh, you know, with the with with this like media sombra dragging it around. They were at it for like ninety minutes, but they did catch a bunch of a bunch of fish this way. And we thought we had emptied it out, but apparently they didn't. And a bunch of the tilapia are still in there. And when we put the Paku in, I think the tilapia went after a lot of the Paku, which is kind of sad. Yeah, Uh, just like
0: the Sona went after the Baku in Star Trek Insurrection.
1: Oh, see? There we go, bro. Tie it in. Tie it in. Um, But we did figure out a new trick, uh, and that is this. It requires four people. And what we do is we build a little triangle in the pond. So one person in one corner, one person in the other corner, one person in another corner, and they they get in the uh, they don't have to get in the water. They just disturb the water in these three in this triangle, and it's to push, it's to scare the fish into the open corner where there's a guy with a net. And so we just keep, like, keep scaring them over into that corner. And we were able to catch, like, 25 fish, 30 fish at a time. So uh, we finally figured it out. And, um, man, like, now that i figured it out, like, dude, the ROI on this fish is so awesome. It cost me $1 to get a baby, like, Paku fish, right? It takes me four months to grow it to full- uh, to full size. I spend about 20 bucks a month on food for all of them. I bought like a hundred of these things. So a hundred dollars with $20, $20, $20, uh, so, 180, so eight, uh, eight, 180 bucks, 180 bucks gets me a hundred fish. And when they're full grown, I get, uh, I get over $20 a, uh, a kilogram for these things. And so I'm getting somewhere between tw- 20 and 30 dollars per fish off of one dollar of fish and 80 dollars worth of things. So, so like the ROI on this is like it's massive. So, I'm hoping that like I can get a handle on this and like figure out the system really well. But, like, yeah, that 100 fish can turn into basically like you know 2500, 33 grand off of 180 bucks.
0: That's not bad. Ain't, ain't like a robot that just not like. You know, just a mechanism, right? That will paddle the water in those three corners, and that way you can just stand. Then you don't have to bring. I'm, I'm trying to. I don't mind.
1: I don't mind creating work for people though. Ah, Like having them come in because that'll cost me a lot less than an uh, than a robot. Uh, I don't. Well, yeah.
0: I I mean, you're just talking about like a counterweighted system on. Oh,
1: that could work. Yeah,
0: because because you could you could just counterweight those and like have them on a rope so you pull and they just
1: go like whack 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 whack. I don't mind that idea. Then you Um, scoop. I, I, the, 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 from an aesthetics point of view, I'd rather not have too much mechanical uh, stuff sitting in my pool, but yeah, that, that, that could work. I could do some sort of pulley system or something like that. Now, the other thing is, is that, um, I've, I've managed to build a really cool, uh, aquaponics system where we're actually, we've got a bunch of our, uh, like lettuce and beans and, uh, arugula and, um, Oh, what else have we got in there? Rosemary, like a couple of herbs and stuff. But like now that we've sort of almost perfected the aquaponics system, what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start replicating that and doing more of that. And then once I've got the tilapia, I can take some of the tilapia out and actually build uh, an aquaponics system that doesn't require my whole pond. And then getting then I can get the tilapia out real easy just by sticking in uh, like a big net just like fishing them out of the, like the, the tank that I put on there. But yeah, uh, um, it, I seeing these guys trying so hard to get the, the, the fish out the first time was freaking hilarious to me. The trap, uh, sort of works. Um, we sort of use it now to get the smaller ones out and then put them into the pond that has a little bit more space for the little ones so they can grow. So like, um, we just kind of, use the trap as like kind of a slow feed to, to move, to graduate fish to a, a big, uh, a bigger pond so they can actually grow into it. So yeah. I hope, I hope I didn't disappoint. Uh was this player four that, uh, yes. uh, uh, that uh, thanks for the, thanks for following up. I'm glad you uh I'm glad you were interested in the fish story. And if you guys like fish news, I can keep bringing fish news in each time I come in uh, to tack on to the Ricada news stuff. So yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, well, he, here's one from uh, I believe this is from Illinois. Is
2: Why Andy open, Why open the door.
0: Someone's trying to kill Andy, and they're calling into our voicemail. Let us know, oh,
1: dear. <laughs> I hope they got out. <sighs> I that one didn't sit for too long in our voicemail scenes. Maybe we should uh, probably, uh, you know, check in on that situation.
0: Nah, this, that <laughs> one's from Saturday. Here's, here's another one also from Saturday.
2: Here's what I don't get. Alex Stein. He, he's just weird. He, he's got a voice like a cartoon character. I, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like for people to go through life with a voice like that. You know, just... Hey, oh, yeah. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> uh, it got it, and he's Holy Jesus, fucking Christ, Tab. Tab. Uh, she's a big girl in St. Louis. She, she's not a little girl. She's like six foot eight. That's correct. She's got a fucking
1: guy. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a domestic happening. <laughs>
0: Okay, so those two voicemails are definitely related, and I assume Andy's dead. Unfortunately. <laughs> oh, Andy. F, F in the chats, boys, for Andy. <laughs> uh, here, and we'll wrap it up with another one from Player 4. Hey, Tab and
2: co-host. Last, This is Player 4. Last week you um, you said to call in and, and tell you about the complaints and the stuff about the show because it's you know, past episode 12. So I thought I'd do that. I thought I'd give you my two cents. Uh, I really like the show. I really like the new format, but there's one thing that I don't like, and that's the news segment. Now, I never really like the news. I usually skip it because it's just so jarring, and it doesn't fit in the show. But I don't know. It, it. I just. I think you know. You cut down to two problems total because you wanted to turn down the length of the show. And uh, I mean, looking at the run times, it seems like you turned it down, but barely at all. And the new segment still doesn't really fit. I mean, it's just kind of stuck there in the middle, and you talk about the same stories that every other podcast does, you know, the weird news. Like, a good example is that that uh, story about how bees are categorized as fish in California. Like, every fucking podcast talked about that story. So, I, didn't know I don't know. <laughs> I think if you're trying to make some more changes, and you want to turn down the length a little bit, I think it's It'd be a good idea to just cut the news, but I don't know. See you later.
0: So I I will, uh, I'll I'll give an inside baseball. I Mm. fucking hate the news segment. Holy shit. I hate the news segment. I hated the news segment when Buck did it. I hated the news. I didn't care for the news segment when Tim did it, but it's something we've always done. So I was just like, well, I'm fucking trapped doing this news segment. If people don't Mm, like the news segment, we don't have to do it.
1: I, I can I can vote with you against the news segment. I'm trying to get the news segment. I'd be I'd be back in my house with my with my wife right now if not for the news segment. I mean, so, yeah, we yeah. could just be like,
0: all right, that's a great issue. Uh, Patreon.com, subscribe.com slash HWIDG. Yeah. All right, back in some no issues. No complaints
1: from me. So Although, okay. I, I mean, Mr. Kill Everything just said fish news voted up. So I mean, uh, you know, I, now we're torn. Now, now, I think we should throw it out there, too. Maybe, do you have somewhere that you can throw a poll Yeah, up we can throw or- a
0: poll up on Patreon and let people vote. Because, I mean, I like, Dead Cuck sends me news. Tim brings mm-hmm. his own news. Uh, I, Alex gangrenously on Discord sends me news. Like, I pull stuff out of the RNN portal.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, we absolutely don't have to do it. So I'd be fine without it. I'm totally fine without it. Oh, okay. uh, I don't know if I'm like uh, him by skipping it, um, but he, he's right. I, 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 there's definitely times where it does it does jar it up a bit it, 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 because you're trying to because you're trying to get through a few things at once and trying to make sure that it's punchy and stuff like that. I, I uh, maybe give it a go of trying without it. I'm no not. News. I'm not sure if you if you go without it that there's going to be people crying about bringing it back, but. Uh, we'll see throw it to the other the other other co-hosts as well and uh because at least now because there's you know five of us yeah uh, uh you, you you got a tiebreaker vote in there and That's you've true. probably got a veto so yeah i, I i'm open to no you. no
0: there are no vetoes on the show joel no vetoes. we don't have right. any vetoes on the show uh all right the no the so the i mean like so, when Buck left, and I was like, "Tim, you want to join the show? We we'll do this, you know." But I don't want to do the news segment. And Tim was like, "I I think the news segment is great. We should keep doing it." And I said, uh, "Well, if we're doing the news segment, you're fucking doing the news because I'm not doing. It. Uh, I I hate it." It's, it's So Tim did the news, and that was that was the thing. And I like I think what worked was he'd bring in news, and I would react. Now I hmm. read read the news and react. Uh, so I don't know. There's like this is I think this is I think This is a conversation that probably should happen not on the air, but that's. <laughs>
1: That's well, really it's, after what it, the, it's after the show is already finished. Technically. There are people, myself included, who sometimes, uh, maybe, you know, like don't duck finish out
0: at the, the voicemail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, so I saw I'm not, I'm not definitely not married to it. Uh, I'll post, I actually, so, uh, I'll put a in the, in the description. I'll put a link to a Google poll as to mm. whether or not you like the news and, uh, go and vote on that. It'll be at the bottom of the description. And uh if you like the news vote yes and if you like don't like the news vote no and we'll let we'll let democracy make a choice. We'll put <laughs> in the great. HWIDG code which bans news from the show. No news oh, is good perfect. news. Uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, we did uh, in the Discord we now have a channel called News for Fags which is where all of the uh, election news can go so that I don't have to. It's I don't have any. I like every Discord I'm a part of. I just have all these muted channels because there's it's just like stupid shit I don't want to hear about. And I
1: sign into the Discord like once every like
0: eight weeks, maybe tops. I sign in like like once every eight minutes. It seems like <laughs> uh, definitely addicted to the Discord. But so, but like the here's how I get Discord. I've I've left all the channels muted so I can kind of see what's going on. Mm-hmm. News for fags. Muted. I don't want to know. I'm so t- I, I, like we made it eight days. It was eight whole days before Trump was like, "I'm running for president in 2024 because uh, I'm going to be the greatest." Like, okay, great. Thank you. Thank you for giving me eight days of that fucking election coverage. You fucking fat sack of shit. You fucking do nothing bastard. This is I'm I'm like undoing all the shit I did earlier in the episode that'll get us kicked off YouTube by just shitting on Trump right now. Uh, there you go. Uh, such a fucking worthless president. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna pass any of these omnibus spending bills. Uh, what is that? Fucking write the check, write the check, fat
1: Patent bastard.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna do anything, uh, you know. But uh, I'm gonna send you home, and I'm gonna you work your fucking jobs and listen to goddamn Anthony Fauci like a fat bastard who is now out of the news. Like I never advocated lockdowns, you little troll motherfucker.
1: See, I can't comment anymore uh, because one of the uh, voicemails that was directed at me after my first episode back uh, said that because I'm Canadian, I'm not allowed to uh, comment on U.S. politics, even though U.S. politics pretty much dictate what happens all over the planet, (laughs) especially here too. the U S embassy in Paraguay is fucking gigantic. And like, you know, like that you guys send your fucking education programs that are all about like rainbow flags. And people here are like, I don't want anything to do with this. This is not us. And like, yeah, it matters. But uh, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, the U S elections are, are, tired and boring to me because it's just they like are. yeah just they the cheated trash yeah it just yeah. cheated everybody cheats this, that's what this last is.
0: midterms where it was like uh, this is there's a lot of irregularities happening in arizona can you believe it like yeah they did it in the last one why wouldn't they do it again what are you an idiot <laughs>
1: they've been probably doing it all since the 90s man if like, you, i mean at, if you, you went to the point, grocery
0: store right and you like you got bananas like let's say let's say small right? You got you had bananas and you forgot to scan them and you walked out and you're like, oh shit! I got these bananas for free on accident. Damn it! And then the next time you go to the store, you like accidentally steal the bananas again. Are you not gonna start thinking like, well, no one's checking my cart. Maybe I could steal more shit.
1: <laughs> or, or feel like get kicked out of a country and then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do have a rainbow right. of flags behind me. It's all the yeah. colors of flags that matter
1: to places that yeah. I love that. I pointed it out to my wife as well. I'm like, yeah, man, I got I got representation on three of those flags on there. That's
2: perfect. Yeah, it's you great. have not one
1: that's... of them is that fucking maple leaf. So,
0: wait, no, <laughs> that's Alberta. Yeah, uh, I saw that. That's the red ensign, and then Paraguay is right here, right?
1: Yeah, uh, isn't it right behind that. you? Yeah, that, yeah. That's a wonky Paraguay flag, but I like it.
0: It's it's mounted. <laughs> it's actually mounted to the, the, one. the side. No, yeah. the
1: one right behind your head, the one next yeah. to the U- U.S. Oh, flag. Oh, that is, one. That's a that? Paraguayan flag. I don't know what that one is. It might be a Paraguayan flag.
0: I think that's Missouri's flag.
1: They're pretty similar. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so I,
0: well, that's the episode. I love the
1: uh, great, great having great oh, having remove, this time with you. man.
0: here's the, remove the news, and each co-host can bring in something to replace it.
1: Mm? Mm. Mm. Mm.
0: I'm thinking a strip show. <laughs>
1: Hey, Hayes Code, Hayes Code Era. I'm gonna <laughs> no more. No Check more. Check out my
0: sweet V-neck I'm wearing <laughs> under here.
1: Anyway. Oh man! All right.
0: Well, that's the episode. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, See guys. you guys next week.
1: Cheers.